And I made Matthews. And welcome back to another YouTube podcast, the one-stop shop for anything and everything related to YouTube. Coming at you live from the UT Martin <laughs> Browning Hall <laughs> dormitory, everybody. How y'all doing? Hell yeah. And I'm still in my room. Yeah. It's pretty little. The weird. one, the only. Hell yeah. yeah. So we're uh, we're shaking things up a little bit this week. Uh, we were recording the episode on the on Sunday, the day that these things usually get released, um, to make sure that we have an episode out to you on time next week. And we should mention uh, it's the August twenty sixth Sunday. So yes. when the freelancing episode goes out, that Sunday, not the Sunday that this is going to come out, but the Sunday before that one. Right. That wasn't confusing enough so <laughs> basically august 26 is when we're we're, we're like a we're like four or five days before our usual recording day which means we yeah. might not get to some of your comments we might not we're our your week on youtube is not going to be as fleshed out as it usually is um but that's uh that's just how it goes sometimes we it still be like that we still bring in a hot topic uh not the not the 2006 pop punk Central uh, Mall store, where it just, uh, just I like how you brought up that that year specifically. I as mean, if, like that—that's the year. Two thousand six is pretty. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like hot topping I, in a nutshell, honestly. At its prime, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I feel you. That's like the pinnacle year of fucking like Lincoln Park and Papa Roach and all that kind of shit. Sure, but, but at 2006, we're already kind of passing Avril Lavigne and all those. Yeah, and that's early, fair. Early Green Day. Yeah. By now, Green Day is kind of fading out, but, you know. What can you do? Really do be like that. Really do be like that. <laughs> but um, we're here. We're live. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to start with your week on YouTube. <laughs> oh. Wow. There we go. Is that enough nut the for you, Gengar guy? <laughs> can you not a little harder actually i don't think there's enough I don't, I don't know i don't think i can do any harder than that today i um, like how on the top of this discord i'm in this call with zach and it says at zach snyder productions aka literally a pine cone top of bliss <laughs> two <laughs> japanese signs esketa and then zach <laughs> all separated by commas just in a row and i'm like what the two I just japanese signs it. where are my japanese signs in a discord Right after the Papa Bless, my guy. Where am I, Papa Bless? I'm literally a pine cone in your Discord. Uh, well, at the because I call apparently you're multiple ones. Pineco. These are all your nicknames. Yeah, in yeah. different discords, I call it Pineco and fucking Pokemon Go today, and I was like, this is literally a pine cone. You're a skeleton um, in your own Discord. So that one makes. Sense. I'm honorable lion in uh, Calfro's Discord. I didn't know about that, but that's cool. I'm not in that one. That one didn't pop up. What are you? Um, Papa Bless Sensei. In oh, Damien. Damien's. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that he makes named sense. Me that, <laughs> <in there. laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Now. And then you're Zach in the Lions Honor Gaming. One you are 220 days soda free, Blue Chan, and Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> Damien. <laughs> I try to keep all the same nicknames and all the different discords except for like the lines honor one because i'm just eight in that one yeah but i think jay has me as blue and his parker just has me as blue 
then Damien's weird and changes it all up. <laughs> Blue chai. <laughs> really did to him. I, I just noticed that. It was funny as hell reading all that back to back. <laughs> that like sums you up perfectly. I saw uh, I saw Jay's, but I can't read all those on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look at it real quick. It's it's oh. pretty great. Oof. It's pretty great. Professor Zoomster indeed. Yeah. That's wonderful. But um we're gonna start with your week on YouTube trademark. Yeet. And uh this time we start with you, my boy. Oh yeah, because you went last time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like going first. The it's always better when you go first. Crumble. Yeah, yeah, really do be like that. Mm-hmm. So, we literally recorded the last <laughs> one two days ago. Yeah, two days yeah. ago, Friday night, and it is Sunday afternoon now. So, the only thing major that happened to me um, in those two days was we did finish that other movie night recording late at night into like 2 a.m. <laughs> pretty much. It's ridiculous. So, we watched two movies that, that day, too. Yeah, that took a yeah. long time, but yeah, we got we got it done. We figured it out. I got barely any sleep, but we got it done. All right, that's what matters. Um, I had edited the Yoshi episodes, so I got that done pretty much. And then all of Saturday uh, was moving day at the college, so packed everything up, loaded it up into a truck. I didn't have to load nearly as much as the South Carolina trip just because I wasn't bringing any furniture. So the couch is staying at the house, my desk is staying, my fan, uh, my mattress, my bed, a lot of that stuff. I did bring the mini fridge with me, though, and it has come in super handy. I'm glad <laughs> I got it, because I got, like, water in here, like, tea, uh, white grape juice, and then someone bought me Gatorade, but I don't really, eh. <laughs> not about that life, so it's just going to sit there for the rest of the semester, as far as that's concerned. I feel that. But we moved everything in. Uh... I brought the three monitors set up, my computer, all the little knickknacks, all the consoles, all the VHS tapes, the printer, a lot of shit, basically, that wasn't the furniture. And this dorm room is about half the size (laughs) of my previous room. Oh, man. So even less space. And my parents and Ethan, the whole time as we're getting up there, like, you're not going to have room for the three monitors set up. You're not going to have room for all this shit. You're not going to have room. That's all I hear the entire way through. (laughs) We finally get there. We finally unpack everything. And guess what? We have plenty of space. Hell yeah. All right? Plenty of space. I got my mini fridge to the left. Uh, I got my computer uh, propped up on a folding chair because (laughs) this desk in the middle of the room is where I put the uh, monitors and TV at. But because of that, they sit a little bit higher up than I'm used to my computer being. Mm -hmm. So in order to reach the cords and everything and hook it all together... I had to put the computer on this little folding chair that I was going to use to sit at, at this desk. So instead, I'm using the shitty one that they gave me. Yeah. But it's fine. Computer's hooked up. The three monitors are hooked up. I got two on the first level of the desk. And the giant Vizio TV, aka the third monitor, is up a little bit higher. Which is great, because I can just watch stuff in bed and everything's cool. Um, I got the Switch hooked up. I got the Super Nintendo hooked up for Yoshi. Uh, the VHS and DVD recorder and the printer all fitting up on the desk with the new alarm clock. Got some food. Got some <laughs> cheap cheeses. Got some chicken crackers. Some ruffles. I already went through a couple of the Pringles already. Like 24 things of water, some tea. I got a lot of shit covered there. 
The mattress, surprisingly, wasn't that bad. I was worried that it was going to be like a shitty, uh, sort of like bad hotel mattress or whatever. Not the case, honestly. Once I got the covers and blankets and everything on there, it was pretty good. And there's even a light right under it. So that'll help for lighting videos. Um, because guess what? There are only two lights in here. None of them are on the ceiling. I had that bed light really? and then a light right above the mirror. And it's that shitty kind of yellow bulb Ugh. thing. And so if I can replace those, I'm going to try and find a way to do it. Because I know it can be done. And you want to know how I know that. My roommate has those white lights in his. So I don't know if they just like fucked up or what they did. But I hate these yellow lights. They're the bane of my existence right yeah, now. Yeah, I would go ahead and switch them out. Because obviously yeah, for lighting, the better. it's awful. I did bring my lighting uh, poles and shit too, though. So if I do need to film in here, that's cool. I brought my DSLR with me, obviously. Everything in a box. Uh, as far as all the games, VHS tapes, books, and other things in media, I loaded it up in two giant blue totes and then faced those up against the wall. Um, as far as laundry is concerned, under the bed, there are these two like little wooden sliding drawers so I can fit all my laundry in there, which is fucking fantastic. And then everything that didn't fit in the totes, the desk, uh, in the room, or in the sliding drawers... There's this big closet, pretty much, and each person in the room gets one of them, basically. And so I had it all to myself. And there I was able to hang up some clothes, put more boxes and shit in. And by the time it was all said and done, I had uh, a little bit of room to spare, actually. So I grabbed go. a good amount of shit, and that's wonderful. So moving in was uh, took a long time. <laughs> I had Ethan help me hook everything up, but it's all here, thankfully. And if I wanted to start recording videos, I could do it tonight, basically. So that's nice. That's cool. That's always that's cool. like the hardest thing. I know uh, when I was going to college, uh, I always had like band camp and like you know all that kind of stuff to like start the year with. So I did. I couldn't do YouTube for like a solid two and a half weeks moving in because it sucks. was it was just like content. Like after you moved in, then it was like doing marching band, and it was yeah, it was it was terrible. But if you want to hear more about how school sucks with YouTube. You can go listen to episode two of the podcast. Yes. That's a good episode though. I recommend it yeah. to everybody. It's a killer. Thoughts still stand on that episode surprisingly well. Um, as far as internet is concerned, there is a little ethernet thing sticking up in the middle of the room out of the wall. Basically there's two ports. So my roommate already grabbed one of them and I grabbed the other. And speaking of which, I guess that's the big topic that everybody wants to hear about. <laughs> Aiden. Did you find the epic gamer roommate? And uh, I'm going to tell y'all. <laughs> I did. Hell yeah. He's a gamer, everybody. He's a gamer. Granted, uh, not exactly the kind of gamer I am. He does have a PS4. Uh, he did list off a good bit of the games that he plays. Some of them are your Madden's, your FIFA's, all that sort of stuff. The kind of stuff you would expect. Um, but... There were a couple of good games in there, like uh, the Borderlands Collection and, uh, shoot, uh, the new Ratchet & Clank remake that came out a oh. while back, or the reimagining, so he had some good stuff in there. Yeah, that's not bad at all. And he also talked about uh, Fortnite, so I could relate on a spiritual <laughs> level yeah. to that, basically. He was talking about how he spent money on a battle pass and then didn't use it, and then when the next season of Fortnite came around, he bought another battle pass intending to use it and then didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm glad I never spent money on Fortnite. <laughs> I would have yeah. done the exact same thing, basically. But uh, 
No, he's pretty chill, actually. He's a football player. He plays PS4. Apparently, he's into some sort of anime, because I heard that last night as he was watching it. I couldn't catch which show, because I'm not an avid anime watcher, but he is into that sort of stuff. And um, he saw the microphone on my desk, so of course the question came up, Hey, do you do YouTube? I said yes. And his response... (laughs) His response was... Uh, cool, what is it? Can I go ahead and subscribe to it? And I'm like, oh my god, I made it. I made it, everybody. I made it. I told him Blue Couch Productions was a thing. He subscribed to it, like, a couple minutes later. I don't think he's watched any of my videos, thankfully, so we're good there. Um, for that especially top, the top five, five Pokemon, Pokemon for us, which, oh, yeah. Yeah, not a great video to start out on, but it's the so. front page one, so. I think it's the perfect uh, one to start with. Yeah, we, 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 we take those, we take those. <laughs> And all that sort of stuff. But no, he was very chill about the whole YouTube thing. And he said, if I ever need to record, let him know. And he'll be quiet during it. And that's all I ever could have asked for. So I got so lucky as far as the roommate stuff was concerned. Yeah, that's awesome. He's great so far. Yeah. I I was really worried I would get some kind of hard ass or somebody who didn't know what YouTube was. Or somebody who'd be cranking up stuff real loud or bring a bunch of people over. But no, not at all. Um, He was great. Wholeheartedly. But we got to talk about this bathroom to end it off, basically. Uh-oh. So, the bathroom is shared between two rooms. Remember how I said that there were three other people yeah. last week on YouTube? There were three other people listed. So, me and my roommate are obviously two people. But there is another two people right next to us who I have not met and do not know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know their names, but that's about it. But the two rooms are connected by this bathroom. Yeah, it's called a suite-style bathroom. Yes. So, funny story. When I first come in, I hear the shower running. And I'm like, oh, my roommate must be in the shower. Don't want to bother him. Whatever. The day goes on. Me and Ethan are unpacking stuff. It's been several hours. We keep coming back and forth, out and in, you know, doing all this school stuff. The shower is still on. And finally, we have, like, a checklist of stuff to make sure everything's working. And there's things that, like, you have to check the bathroom and make sure everything works. So, eventually, Ethan gets the bright idea. And this could have ended up pretty horribly. Uh, He gets the idea, well, why don't we just try and open it? Let's just see. Right? (laughs) Who knows? Maybe it's not even locked. Uh, Maybe something's wrong. We had a theory that maybe my roommate killed himself in the shower (laughs) and he just left it running. We don't know. We had a lot of theories going in. Yeah. So Ethan yanks the door, opens it up, and nobody's in there. And the shower had literally been running from 8 a.m. till about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Holy and that entire shit. bathroom had nothing but, like, water vapor and moisture everywhere. It finally started drying up today. I don't know who turned it on. I don't know who left it on. <laughs> but Ethan was like, yo, I'm going to turn this off. And he finally did. And the bathroom's a lot better for it, <laughs> so I don't, crazy. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> I expect that toilet to not survive, uh, given given my eating habits. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I got classes tomorrow, so I'll be doing them. Um, these past two days, I've just sort of been hanging out, grabbing my books, prepping, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, tomorrow's gonna be the big day for classes and. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about that, but that's basically my week on YouTube. Hype. Uh, In a nutshell. That's cool. I know I know moving into college myself was the the thing that was like bothering me the most or the thing I was most anxious about was was 
just the roommate situation. It was like, mm-hmm. that was the one thing I was like, all right, I, I'm cool with classes. I'm cool with moving out on my own. I'm cool with literally everything else. But I just hope that I get a chill roommate. And uh, yeah, I mean, that that can like break and, you know, that can like make and break your, your college experience. So I'm glad that, glad that turned out good for you, at least so far, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He, he might be playing Fortnite nonstop, and then I'll get sick of the game and then have to leave. But right. until that date, we are, we are pretty good. At least it's <laughs> a PS4, not an Xbox. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, because that could have. Been... Well, well, I asked him about yeah. it, and I'm, I'm like, oh, you got a PS4 there? And he's like, yeah, I was thinking about getting an Xbox, but I was like, eh, <laughs> there's too many good games on the PS4 right now, and I'm like, this guy gets it. <laughs> We're yeah. in good hands. Okay. <laughs> We're in good That's hands. That's good. That's good. Nothing against Xbox gamers, I guess. But I mean, everything not exactly against Xbox gamers, TBH. They're not the nicest people I've come across. So. They're really not. <laughs> we'll just say that. But, I mean, if you play Xbox, I'm sorry. Yeah. That they bamboozled you into getting that console. I know Denku does, so that only validates my opinions on him. So. <laughs> 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 that's, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Denku. Hell yeah. You a bro. He's pretty great. He a real one. He, he is, in fact, a real one. Oh, Zachary, how was cool. your week? Well, it's literally been two days. Um, I Nothing. Great. Nothing else happened. <laughs> uh, I, I worked my last day at my job. Oh, yeah. So that yeah, was that high. Was coming up soon. Yeah. So that, that was pretty high. That was literally today. It was a long day, but it's over. Um, and tomorrow is the first day of the rest of my life. So that's hype. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of scary though at the same time, right? Um, like it must be a little bit. A little bit. I, I, I'm still like, I'm still kind of worried about going stir crazy cause I don't have any kind of vehicle and it's like the only, only time I get out is if I have to go to like to the store or whatever. Yeah. Um, I went to Walmart just to like fuck around since I had nothing to do. Really helps like. Yeah. Forget about things for a little bit and being like, wow, sure, a lot of weird people at Walmart. <laughs> <Then I left. laughs> yeah. So it's like I'm I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a lot of time by myself. Uh so that'll be cool. Um I'm gonna be streaming a lot more. That's that's plan number one. Uh plan number two is to like try to actually get some kind of schedule in my life, considering like all my time is mine now, so I can I have no excuses. I can I can schedule my life the way I want it to. So, you know, we'll see how that how that goes into place. Um, and then I I do want to make health a priority of mine. So, trying to get sure. that and you know fix all that shit. Definitely. I ate like two salads today, not because I particularly cared for it, but because like all the buffet stuff hasn't opened yet, so it's just kind of the food worker people there making stuff and that's your only option really yeah and the first two days was a weird uh pork thing i didn't really feel seasoned properly and then day two was like this kind of gross lasagna Mm. so i'm like i'm gonna get the lasagna in the pork line but in case they're like the worst thing ever i'm gonna have like a backup salad and by salad i mean that very loosely we're literally talking lettuce lettuce, (laughs) cheddar cheese ranch like a ton of ranch too much ranch even yeah. and then i uh, like four croutons and that that's my version of a, of a salad <laughs> yeah the unhealthy way but it was all right 
That's good. That's good. I went to cookout earlier. That was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty hype. So, <laughs> that's not, pretty hype. not particularly healthy, but that was like the first time I've been to cookout in like a couple weeks. So, there you go. Um, but I yeah. might actually get healthy straight up. That's good. The amount of walking I've been doing, like insane. It'll, yeah. No, college will definitely do that to you. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about uh, doing some like daily walks because I, I definitely want to get more active and I want to get a treadmill. Um, but before I get the treadmill, I, I want to start doing some more walking. And I've been getting more into, uh, I've been getting back into Pokemon Go. <laughs> so I'm like, why not just like walk 30 minutes a day? So I might do that. Um, do that like first thing in the morning or whenever the fuck I wake up. <laughs> and see see how that how that does if I feel like it. Uh, be hype. I got a I got a Pineco earlier today in, in Pokemon Go. It's literally a pine cone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I call him Pineco, but he, pine he ain't exactly a, a winner. Yeah. yeah, he evolves into a winner though. Uh, Fortress, I believe. Got some pretty good defense. Four trees. <laughs> It's like it's kind of spelled like forest. Um, forest. Almost. It's like yeah. forest and fortress combined together. Okay. Essentially, is all that is. But it doesn't look like it at all. It's like a giant pink ball with like red cannons sticking out of it. So he's yeah. a bit goofy too. That's pretty good. He's a good Pokemon. So nice. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's your week on YouTube. Trademark. Uh, never never forget the trademark, boys and girls. That's the most Always. important part there. Not the fact that we're growing as human beings or hopefully doing something successful with our life. It's the fact that we've trademarked this and not in actuality, just in our head canon. The branding is what always matters. We're going to do a branding episode now. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, f- I feel you there. All right. Well, with a uh, new week on YouTube being done, let's, uh, let's hop into that main topic. Suggested by our viewers at home, we're going to talk viewers about like you. commentary, uh, all ins and outs. The suggestion we got, do you remember what it was? Um, bulk recording versus live recording uh, by sure. the Gengar guy. Um, yeah. So it was a little bit vague and it was actually it was a little bit too specific to the point where I was like to get an entire episode out of it would be like a little too much. But we decided to do an entire episode on commentary instead. That way we could cover that as well as things like post-com, live-com, how to record Let's Plays, how to record voiceover, stuff like that. And then Patient also added on to Gengar's suggestion as well, saying, yeah, do that. So we're just going to do a whole commentary episode today, basically. We already kind of touched base on it a little bit in the Let's Play episode. So if we don't mention anything here, go check out that episode because we talk about it a little bit more. But we're going to go into the, the ins and outs of commentary and uh, what we prefer because I know personally uh, we we both have different preferences as far as commentary is concerned. So Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that'll be, that'll be sure. fun to talk about. Cool. Um, so to I guess to, like, to get into it... Um, just like a brief overview of, of commentary, uh, the typical channels that would be doing commentary is Let's Plays, um, video essays, anybody that does, I mean, 
there are full on commentary channels. Um, commentary by itself usually means somebody talking about something in a descriptive or funny manner um, without, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always view commentary as the backbone of almost any video because it's sort of the most crucial part of any video, right? It's how you spread your message. It's how you make people laugh. It's how you entertain them, make them think something, all that sort of stuff. The only videos that don't require much commentary of anything is maybe like music videos or like shitty memes. But even then, like the delivery of the lines and six second vines are very crucial to what makes them funny. So even in those cases, commentary can have a huge impact on your video. And really, (laughs) if you're not doing commentary well, uh, your whole video kind of suffers as a result. And granted, it's not the only part of a video. You still have to deal with the visuals, the editing, the writing, all these different aspects. Um, but commentary is definitely one of the most important ones and a crucial one to get right. Agreed. So. Yeah. yeah. So we've talked about microphones in the past. Um, I mean, obviously the first thing when it comes to commentary is you have to have a good microphone. Uh, we've talked about that in the past, but... My go-to microphone at the moment is the Audio-Technica AT2020 Plus, um, but I've found success with the Blue Yeti in the past, and that seems to work just fine for beginners. Yep. The Blue Snowball is a cheaper variant if you want to spend $50 and get that. The Blue Yeti hovers around $75 to $100. How much was yours? Um, I was about uh, $150 to $200, something around there. Yeah, so a little bit anything around that range can get you a pretty good mic. Just do your research and trust the brand. But that's sort of your gateway into how to record commentary. The other part of that one is software. Once you have your hardware, aka your microphone, you need good software. I'm just going to recommend for most people, aside from uh, people like Zach who use everything through Adobe pretty much, uh, to go ahead and get a little program called Audacity. Mm-hmm. It picks up on your mic. You can change settings, you hit the big little record button, and you're recording. And it gives you a couple of editing tools to to change the volume of some stuff, add effects, remove noise, and then you can just export those clips and pop them right into your video editor of choice. A really helpful tool for not only recording commentary, but just audio people everywhere. Yeah, I would even argue for more advanced users, Audacity is the way to go. It's just very simple. There's no reason to use any other kind of audio software. Even Adobe Audition, while I love it and I use it for audio producing and mixing and mastering, um, to record straight audio, I use Audacity. Yeah, and it's free. So Audacity is free. It's great. Download that today, literally, like OBS even. OBS is also a good way to record commentary. Requires a bit more setup than Audacity, granted, but if you're learning everything about OBS, you're going to want to learn how to set up your mic with it. So take that time to do that, and you can start having your audio in streams as well and not having to use a different program like that. So it can be pretty helpful. Agreed. And obviously we could go into the ins and outs of, you know, specifically how to record for Let's Plays and how to record for other kinds of videos and stuff, but we've done a whole entire Let's Play episode and we've talked about other software and like other hardware and stuff you would need for that. So I would just go check out those episodes because if we hindered on that, we wouldn't really be getting into the meat of the episode. I will briefly mention um, the microphone I have for my DSLR Mm -hmm. um, because that was a recent purchase and we didn't mention it on the hardware episode. 
but the mic I have for my Canon DSLR and one that a lot of people recommend as sort of a cheap beginner option is the Tackstar SGC uh, shit. Is it 158? 158 or 358. It's basically a Tackstar uh, microphone, but it's pretty good. It's about $25. You attach it to your camera and you're good to go. It's the SGC 580. That's what it's called. I just checked the Amazon thing for it. Um, but you plug it up to any camera with a mic jack and you can mess with a couple of settings and get going as far as DSLR stuff. Do not use the microphone on your DSLR natively. It's fine. It'll get the job done. Get yourself a shotgun mic and go from there. So that'll help you out. Agreed. At the end of the day, you know, audio is the is arguably the most important thing of any kind of video, which is kind of funny because it is a video. But if your audio is bad, 99% of people will not watch it. Uh, Gary Vee describes the three ways you can make content. You know, you do it through visuals, you do it through the written word, or you do it through audio. And granted, audio kind of plays a part in the video one as well. Um, but you can make video without audio, <laughs> right? Uh, you can't use video to make an audio-specific thing like podcasts work on, like, Apple Music. So, right. um Granted, there's cross-through with all three of them if you really know what you're doing, but Gary Vee kind of views it as one of those three pillars of content creation, and with voice being as big as it is, it'll probably only continue to get bigger. Audio is a huge part of just the way we live our lives and how we work on commentary, but I'm sure you all knew that. We don't have to argue the the strengths and weaknesses of having a microphone and <laughs> recording it. Right. <laughs> If you if you don't believe in commentary, I can't help you. All right, <laughs> that's all. That's all I'll say. That's uh, that's true. Um, so. I guess one other small point to bring up is that, or I guess this is a bigger point, is that commentary doesn't. I mean, just like Aiden says, with all the different types of content out there these days, commentary doesn't just exist with videos. Um, the more and more podcasts become more prevalent in today's culture, the more and more commentary is existing in podcasts. So, you know, if you're if you're not really into the whole video editing, but you feel like you got a good voice, you feel like you can talk for a, a long time on a certain topic, you feel like you're an expert on a certain topic, podca- podcast might be the, the place for you. Sure. If you're doing a Let's Play and you don't need, if you don't need or don't want a webcam, you can just use your commentary and the gameplay to back it up, right? Uh, people have for a long time on YouTube taken really good pieces of audio and just tried to overlay any random video to it. And if your audio is good enough, frankly, a lot of people won't care, honestly. Uh, If that's what people are coming to and that's what people want, you know, you can just throw any sort of video up for the background on YouTube as long as it's appropriate, obviously. Yeah. And the the audio can take the main focus. I I can't tell you how many YouTube videos I listen to rather than watch on a regular basis. Sure. It's just more convenient for people. Absolutely. But to get into the the talk about commentary, um, let's get into, you know, how how to commentary, right? It's uh it's a it's a hard thing. <laughs> how to commentate how to for commentate dummies. for dummies. Well for starters, you learn how to how to speak in the podcast sack, right? Um yeah. commentary is hard. It's there there's a couple ways to do it. You could write a script. That's uh, that's helpful. Sure. Or you could do live commentary, like we're basically doing for every episode of the podcast, uh, for every episode of our Let's Plays. Um, yeah. 
And then there's post commentary, which is also live commentary. It's just after you record a thing, you just already recorded the video. So you're kind of overlaying your sound after the fact. And that even opens up into the world of voiceover. And that can lead into things like video essays and the like and all that sort of stuff. Right. So. So there's a lot of different things that you can do with it. Um, Aiden brought up a point that. I think it's pretty cool that I want to take a look into in the future. Um, he said he wishes, he said this a couple episodes back and he may have said this on the podcast. I can't quite remember. But he said, I wish people, I did. it was like two episodes. ago. I think so. He said, I wish people did more takes on their videos, whether it's let's plays, yep. whether it's regular videos, whatever it may be. And it had me thinking, you know, I do so I do all my let's plays live commentary. Um, but I'm actually considering going back to some of my Let's Plays now. Um, go, you know, into the future. Some of my solo stuff. If I listen back to it, I'm like, I don't like, I don't like this. There's not enough funny jokes. There's not enough, you know, information here or whatever. I just don't like the episode. I'm considering redoing the episode. But not necessarily re-recording it because I don't have to anymore. Right? You don't have to necessarily re-record the episode entirely. You just have to redo the voice. And I think that's right. something very valuable. And granted, that's um, not everybody's in that position. Some people don't have enough time to do that and have to get it out. Others maybe have a webcam and can't really do the reaction again. <laughs> basically, that is true. At least not as at least not as genuinely. Um, however, mm. I would argue that for most people, if you're doing commentary on a let's play or for a video or for a, a voiceover or for video essays. I'm of the firm camp that the more takes, the better, basically. I don't know how we've gotten to the point now where one take jaking it has seemed to become not only the standard, um, but in some camps even looked at as the more preferred, uh, better outtake, usually. And granted, sometimes that does happen. Sometimes you record a thing and your first take is fire, you got the energy right, you got the thing down, you knew exactly what you wanted it, you do it in one take, and you're done and you're good and that's wonderful and shout out to those people i wish i was like that however i am not that perfect at all and i frankly make a lot of mistakes say things that i shouldn't say or um and this is something i have a bad habit of i have a point right and i say it but i don't word it the right way so when i'm finally listening over to it the intention is wrong basically so the thing i want to say just ends up getting undercut as a result, and the video ends up being weaker as a whole. So that's why in those past few episodes, I kind of made this point to be like, yo, if you have the time, if you have the opportunity, take more takes, uh, re-record stuff, whether it's a video essay, let's play or whatever, and see if you can't get a stronger version of the video you just made. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you waste three hours and realize your first take is the best. And those days you just have to move on. But nine times out of 10, the second, third, or fourth take is usually always better than the first, um, and I'm a big believer of that. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great point. I think it's something I want to look more into in the future um, because you're right. I mean, when I redo video, when I redid the Until Dawn Part Two episode, it was it was night and day. I did the first like four episodes, and I was like, this Let's Play is going to be mediocre. It's going to be fine. It's going to get us content whatever. And then I realized that the second video was corrupted and I had to redo episodes two through four. 
and I started the episode and I was like, okay, this is actually a lot funnier than the first time. And then I like went through that, you know, went through the next, next few episodes way more like feeling a lot better about what I did in the episodes. And that's, it made me happier about the content I was putting out rather than the mediocre shit that I was going to put out in the first place. So I think that's a really good point. <laughs> so, uh, you know, for everybody. And that's something I would definitely want right. to, want to keep as a focus in the future. Cause you know, at the end of the day, content is our key here. You know, we, we usually let the algorithm fuck us over and to thinking that we need to put out more content and, you know, it's true. We do need to put out more. We do need to do more and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But if we let our content suffer because of that, then we're not really better for it at the end of the day. Sure. I've had similar experiences as well that I brought up in that episode of every time we've had to redo another YouTube podcast. I'm of the mind that those second takes are usually always better. Mm -hmm. I've had to re-record episodes for the Lines on our gaming channel with Jay and those are usually better. I've had to do the same with Kyle on my own channel. Those are better. And I mentioned last time, too, that almost all of my midnight vlogs were one-take affairs, which means that the first take generally was not that good. And so a lot of those midnight vlogs that you ended up seeing were take three or four when I pretty much acted it out, <laughs> you know, three separate <laughs> times with the intention of putting out that version but the fourth one was the only one that like put it all together as a result. Right. And I think so many of those midnight vlogs ended up being stronger because of that, basically. So, But that was just my approach to it, honestly. I figured uh, there is a case to be made of just scripting your stuff, working real hard in the writing process to make sure everything comes out the way you want it to. And then voiceover is just like a simple read through it and done. Basically, you didn't even have to do all the shit I do where I'm like acting it out on the video live as it's happening and then having to retake it over and over and over again. If you're a good enough script writer and you know what you want, you write that shit down, you re record it once or twice and you're moving on, you're done. Right. And that's right. totally a valid approach as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 100 percent. And that's where, you know, certain videos you can do scripts for certain videos you, you can't do script for. Right. Like, to do a script for a Let's Play, it's very hard to do that, right? Um, I'm sure it can be done. I don't know if anybody has done it in the past, but, I mean, if you have, then kudos to you. Maybe you've got some really good Let's Play work out there. I mean, it better be if you <laughs> if you scripted it out, right? Um, I'm sure, actually, that could work out really well, and uh, that might be a really cool experiment to try one day, but you'd have to make sure it sounds authentic enough, right? Mm -hmm. And most people can usually see through it, so it's very hard to do. Exactly. Whereas if it's a very voiceover, like it's okay to have it sound like it's a voice actor, a voiceover, you know? That's where you get mm -hmm. into acting versus narration, um, which is two completely different things. But Yeah, narration mainly just solves do its job to not overstate itself to sort of fit naturally into the video usually mm -hmm. and it'll come like after the fact or whatever whereas voiceover is actively like a little bit more involved there's a lot of performance into it and you may be thinking like hey right. is there really a performance when you're just talking into a microphone um yes there is there's a whole voice acting profession who lives off that and you can very much tell the difference 
somebody who's reading a script the first time and the guy who's doing it the 100th time, tired and desperate trying to get a video out. That energy definitely comes across. And like I said before, it's the backbone of most of videos as a whole. So it's really important you get that right. And a lot of that has to do with acting, your voice inflection, uh, which words you place emphasis on. That's a fun one that I figured out. Because if you're just reading a script normally where you're like, Aiden went to the grocery market to get food for his family or whatever, and you read it like that, and you're like, eh, whatever, kind of boring. But like, Aiden went to the grocery store to get food for it, you know, like, that's obviously cheesy, but you get what I'm saying, right? Adding intention yeah. to words and uh, a little bit more oomph to them to kind of make the video flow a little bit better uh, can, can be very crucial and can add a lot to a video. Mm -hmm. There's There's something about a person's voice that it's it's very interesting because when you turn on somebody's video, you can usually determine whether or not you're going to continue watching this person based off of their voice. And that's, that's very, it, it kind of sucks because it's almost like discriminatory in a sense, because in like a few seconds you've decided whether or not, unless, unless you're intentionally deciding, I want to see who this person is. I want to see what their video style is, whatever. You know, their voice can make or break your channel or can make or break like whether or not you're going to stick around to watch their video. Um, That's what turns a lot of people off from most child YouTubers because of that voice. Right. More than sure. Which sucks. Like you can't change that. But mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, view audio in such a high regard. They're like, I'm not going to subject myself to 10 minutes of high pitched <laughs> talking or whatever. And it can be right. hard to sometimes. You know? Right. And if you're a child and if you're, or if you're a younger, you know, a younger person, if you have like a naturally high pitched voice or whatever, um, you're going to grow out of that. And if you don't grow out of that, that's just like your voice. Then I don't worry about it because you can, you know, yeah. you can kind of learn to live with that and you can figure out different ways to like, you know, just kind of get used to your voice. And that's, that's basically what I'm talking about here is you want to, you want to get used to your voice. You want to get comfortable with your voice. You want to get comfortable with speaking into a microphone. And that's one of the biggest parts. That's one of the most important things about commentary is that you've got to get comfortable speaking in front of a microphone. Because if you don't, then people are just not going to be able to listen to you. I agree. I've even met people with the uh, opposite problem on occasion where their voice isn't too high, but like unreasonably low, <laughs> like way too low. Oh, yeah. It almost doesn't even match the, the person you see on screen. And you're like, whoa, what's, what's going on here? Uh, and that can turn people off, too. And in some cases, even sound monotone when you're not intentionally trying to at all. Right. Um, so it, go, it goes both ways. But yeah, I agree with what you said, regardless of what voice you have. Um, if you can't change it, you can't change it. And so you work on your voice or you work on other things, basically. Do you choose to let that define you or are you going to move on and try and play toward your strengths and do something else? Or, you know, like it, if your videos have monotone voice acting on it, then maybe you go for the editing or maybe you try something else. Like you know, there's many approaches to go around it. And I think you gotta you gotta feel confident with you. Otherwise, that's gonna show through your content. If you're not confident, other people are gonna pick up on that. So don't let something like your voice, which you literally cannot control, uh, get in the way of, of making content. Otherwise, you're just gonna suffer <laughs> for, uh, absolutely. for a long period of time. One hundred percent. Different ways that you can uh, improve that, 
And what I mean here is not improve your voice. Again, you're not going to be able to change your voice. Your voice is what you have and you deal with that. And, you know, sometimes I don't like my own voice. In fact, 99% of the time I hate my voice because I hear it so much when I'm editing. Um, but the, the biggest thing you need to do is just kind of record a lot. That's number one, right? Just record yeah. a fuck time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you'll get used to being in front of a microphone. It'll be more natural because a lot of people, especially starting out, they're they're not used to talking to nobody, right? Yep. And it's you got to you got to think about it as as if you're talking to somebody else. You got to think about it as if you're talking to a friend. You got to picture that audience on the other side. Even if that audience is not existent at the very beginning, you got to picture somebody sitting there watching your video, which means mm-hmm. you got to have some energy behind your voice, right? Yeah. And commentary is a thing that's very um, intentional in nature. You should never go into a video in one form or another and not know who it's for, basically. And um, I say that in the sense of like, don't make videos that people aren't going to watch, obviously. Like, that's one thing. And people do that sometimes. And people just make videos for fun. And that's cool and everything. But they don't go anywhere. But what I mean here is, in a sense of commentary, know who are you delivering this video to? Who's going to like it? Who's going to dislike that? And using that knowledge, using that information, base your commentary off of that, right? Um, if people are coming to you for a horror let's play, you would not commentate that the same way as you would a vlog video or uh, an update or a highly produced essay. And if you are, that's probably part of your problem. Right. <laughs> it's it, Different approaches for different videos can go a long way. And like Zach said, it can depend a lot on your audience. But just know this, commentary in and of itself, every time you record a video, it's intentional. Right, it's being a, it's a tool to deliver a video, and you got to keep in mind who it's for. One hundred percent. A lot of people get stuck up on the fact that they're you know there's the people that are monotone, right? They're naturally monotone, or maybe they're not even naturally monotone, but when they start recording, they're monotone. And the best way to fix that is to just like try to get some energy into your voice. Like mm-hmm. you just make yourself be energetic, but not over the top. Right. <laughs> right, right. Cause a lot of, sure. a lot of new YouTubers, especially in like the 2012 to 2015 era, <laughs> <laughs> where like PewDiePie and Markiplier and all these people were getting big. Like everybody was trying to copy them. And so they like tried to overdo the energy and they were like, all right, we're going to, we're going to fucking, Top of the morning to you, lad, you know, like, they're, <laughs> like all of a sudden they're the next Jacksepticeye, right? Like, I saw uh, Jacksepticeye on the H3 podcast. And do you know the story behind the top of the morning thing? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You can go J- and he just it. wanted to figure out how he could sound as Irish as possible. And so like, what's something a lot of Irish people said? <laughs> and it was top uh, of the morning because people thought he was faking the accent. They thought, oh, you're an American trying to be Irish or whatever. And he's like, yeah. How can I be sure 100% that people know I'm Irish in like the first three seconds of my video? And he's like, oh, top of the morning. So that's what he did. Yeah. Uh, this is a funny story. It's really good. Yeah. So, when he's story. great and he used his commentary to his advantage because yeah. for me, I can't watch too much of Jacksepticeye in one sitting because no. he's too energetic. No. <laughs> he, he's, he's way too energetic for me. Uh, 
but that's his advantage. Like he, mm-hmm. he can bring that energy and he can keep that energy for a very long time. That's him. Um, he plays to it too. Exactly. It's part of the strength in his brand. So. And that's not everybody. So don't try to do that. If you can't put that much energy in your voice, don't do that. But also, don't lean back in your chair <laughs> and don't like have your Doritos on your fucking like chest and like your controller to your chest and just like like chill back and be like, hey, what's up, guys? My name is Gamer Boy Two Six Five, and today we're playing <laughs> and to the Dark Descent. There's definitely two extremes to it. Yeah. And, uh, you pretty much listed them right there. Yeah. The way too over energetic and the way too, hey, what's up? Everybody? Yeah. I know we're talking about gaming stuff. I know. I know. Cause just because it's, it's so overabundant, but it definitely happens in like literally everything else. Uh, Every type of vlogs. That's over energetic. Yeah. Vlogs. It's so. big in vlogs. There's the, hey, it's your boy. What's up? Killer <laughs> Sue 65. Ready to. There's there's the uh, there's the beauty tutorials, there's the you know everybody's got these tropes. Um, number one, just be yourself. <laughs> I've said number one like too many times, but like just be yourself, right? I agree. And uh, use your voice that you have. Yes. <laughs> and play towards its advantages. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing to keep in mind definitely is to understand that. A lot of people, the reason that they get over-energetic or over-energetic is just to try and match a certain energy level, right? But the thing that a lot of people don't understand and don't pick up on, especially early on, is that you'll notice a lot of your favorite YouTubers and a lot of the people that you watch, it's not always 100% high energy and it's not always 100% low. You'll find that with most videos, there's a flow to it. There's a balance. There's the high moments right at the peak of an episode when an exciting moment happens or a jump scare hits or an emotional cutscene or something like that, right? The high point in the video. There's also lower points in the video. Maybe you're reading through dialogue, right? Which to most people can sound pretty exciting, obviously, but those are what those moments are designed to do to sort of even out a little bit of the video to sort of uh, bring people down a little bit. And we all got to keep in mind as YouTubers that there's a, a flow to video so that means a couple of things that means don't be too over energetic don't be too much in a lull and if you're starting to get tired because you keep you know going crazy out of video maybe find a spot to kind of bring it down a little bit um really good videos are going to have that flow that up and that down that energy sort of fluctuates and knowing how to master that is really important Luckily, it's a skill you're going to pick up if you do YouTube videos long enough. Yeah. So I feel like it can be overcome rather easily. <laughs> I agree. Uh, commentary is not something you're going to pick up very quickly unless you've done something that na- unless you're like a storyteller with your friends and you just like naturally have done this throughout your entire life. And you're just you're just very good at that kind of stuff. Um, even then, it's something that you're going to have to work at and it's just going to have to come naturally. It's not something that you can really practice a lot. Like individually, you're just going to have to make a lot of videos. And I'm glad you brought up the storyteller aspect of it, too, because that's kind of what I was bringing up earlier with the flow is that a lot of really good videos are are stories, Mm -hmm. right? They have a beginning, a middle and an end, right? You may think, oh, why is part 42 of Let's Play Binding of Isaac its own story? And it is, right? You have a start of the video, the beginning of a mission or continuing off from last time, basically, 
Then you get into the meat of the content, the meat of the episode, the challenge that you're trying to overcome, right? And then at the end of the episode, you find a nice place to stop if you want to keep going, or you finish that challenge, whether it's a high up or a high down. That's a basic story arc, and you'll find that a lot of vlog channels, a lot of makeup channels, uh, all channels, their videos, they're going to have a beginning. The hi guys, what's up, what's going on? The meat of the video, sort of the middle parts, the ups and downs, and then the ending to wind people down. And that's why uh, storytellers have a big advantage in that aspect, because like, picture you telling a story to people in your classroom, right? You don't just hit them with the big reveal right away. No, you kind of build it up, right? You get to the tiny details, you hit them with the big moment, and then you kind of work it back down, right? Uh, and so knowing how to do that, knowing how to storytell basically can go a long way. Mm -hmm. I've said that too many times in this video, and I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> I also like it. I also like looking at it as um, like joke telling, uh, which is very similar to storytelling, but a little bit different. Where you kind of start off slow, but you have like little jokes in between. Um, and then you end off in like a punchline, right? If, you're, if your video starts that way and ends off with that punchline, like you're guaranteed to almost have people come to the next video. Um, I feel like Game Grumps does this a lot where they'll, they'll leave me wanting more. And so what do I end up doing? I wind up watching another video of theirs. And Vines do that to me in particular. It's just an accelerator <laughs> process of it. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get setup done in two seconds, believe it or not. That's the one thing Vines will teach you is yeah. if you want to set up a joke and then get an immediate payoff in like six seconds altogether. Uh, you can do it in a short amount of time if you really know what's up. Vines are the one liners <laughs> of videos. Sure. But they're addicting, right? They leave you wanting more. You got to see the next joke, the next delivery, the next punchline. Yeah. And some hit and some do not, <laughs> to say the least. That that's that's an accurate statement. <laughs> I think too, when you record a lot as well, you'll end up kind of picking up on the quirks of your own voice and can sort of um, work toward improving them. Mm -hmm. I know a bad one of mine in particular, and uh, I don't know if you've caught on it. You might have probably with how much stuff we've done together. I have a bad tendency to laugh at the end of most of my statements. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I don't know why I do that, either to lighten the mood or to not be embarrassed why, uh, to not be embarrassed for what I just said or, or what. But I do that in real life too, basically. And it was only through YouTube that I was able to sort of pick up on the fact that, like, oh, I do do that, and oh, that's not normal. Most people don't do that. <laughs> and I've been trying a little bit, video by video, to sort of pick that up. But we all have those quirks, is what I'm saying, and you'll end up finding them out as you tend to record videos and you can improve that way. So I hate myself because I, mean, I hate myself for many reasons, but I hate myself because <laughs> um, I end up with different quirks like all the time. Like they do, they're just different ones. So I'll, I'll say like a lot and it's like, damn right. it. I got to stop saying like a lot. And then I'll, I'll pick up on that. And then I'll say, uh, you know, what's interesting. I've been saying that a lot lately. And they're, they're just like these little phrases that I'll just say repeatedly all the fucking time and I can't stop myself and then I'll stop saying it and then there's a new one. So I, I think that's you know just what, naturally uh, for everybody. You know what your version of that is for this podcast? What? I can tell you if you don't know it. No, go ahead. <laughs> what? So every transition you do, no matter what it is, mm -hmm. 
whether I end off a point or you end off a point or we're done with another week on YouTube or we're done with the first topic of movie night, every transition you have usually starts with a so followed by a long pause. It's never a but. It's never an and. It's always so one, two, three, this, right? (laughs) And it shows up in every podcast we pretty much do. Movie night too. It, It can show up there. Go back and watch the end of some your week on YouTube oh, segments <laughs> or uh, some episodes, you'll 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 find it a whole lot. And I I only just started picking up on it. That's great. Uh, maybe two or three episodes ago. So, but that's what I'm talking about, right? We've recorded twenty of these, and I'm just now starting to see like there's a couple of formulas established here, and that's cool that we've even gotten to that point because that means <laughs> we've been doing it for a while. <laughs> yeah. And I laughed again. Damn it! So I can't help myself. So. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm not talking about our sketit trope. Those are all intentional. That, that, every that one's intentional. Yeah, every that one. We caught that one. All right, we know damn well. <laughs> <laughs> that one is very intentional. Um, commentary is very much about your voice and about learning it and all the intricacies that has to do with it and trying to work around them and. Not necessarily fixing anything about it, but just kind of working around it. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about knowing it. your strengths, knowing your weaknesses. If you can improve, improve. If you can take classes, take classes. Um, but what's really nice is either learning how to public speak will help your commentary, or getting better at commentary helps you with public speaking. Sure. So either either sure. or that way um, is really cool. I think for most people, it's a bit easier to do it this way, where you're talking in front of a camera and not in front of 30 people, and then work your way into that. I agree. But I've heard others that do the exact opposite, that start from a public speaking background and then go into YouTube and have a bit of an easier time transitioning. Uh, But both take work and both take a lot of uh, time and mastery. I'm not Mm. perfect either. I say uh, a lot. I say like a lot. Yeah, me too. I have issues as well. Um, I think that just comes down to my vocabulary more than anything, and having each thought come out and not knowing how to properly transition it into the flow of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, damn it. I said that again. Shit. This episode's going to drive me up the wall now. Basically, every one we do after this is <laughs> like, oh no, here it comes again. There he goes laughing you, again. You all get what I mean, though. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, also, it helps with like, like my commentary, the more commentary, I, I'm fucking criticizing every single word that comes out of my mouth now, by the way. Yeah. So like I'm completely messed up at the moment. I'm pausing Tetris because holy shit. <laughs> Can I think <laughs> on too many things at once? Okay. Uh, anyways, going on the public speaking train as well. Uh, commentary on YouTube also helped me with like talking to other people a lot. Um, I, I noticed myself in like a customer service job back in high school, like really easily and comfortably able to just like talk to people like random strangers, super easy with no problem. Uh, simply because of the fact that I was recording like four hours of YouTube almost every day back in like high school. Hmm. So I'm actually weird hmm. in the fact that like, if I'm talking to other people and strangers, I'm actually more anxious than I am on camera. A lot of the time. Oh, really? Even when I'm doing uh, public speaking, which I love to do, and I love it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Even then, though, there still is a bit of anxiousness and nerves. 
uh, I never get nerves when I'm recording a video or when I'm doing a podcast. I'm never usually nervous. Um, this is the one area of my life where, like, I can talk a lot and, you know, not feel anxiety or something else like that. Uh, but no, I get what you mean. It, when I'm around Ethan or when I'm around family members or people who I like a lot and trust a lot, basically, it's a lot easier now to just shoot the shit. Mm. Although I never go up to anybody and say, howdy guys. <laughs> right. That's, that's a strictly YouTube thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Probably, but most other things I can do pretty well in conversation with. Yeah. Cool. So I want to get into the different kind of different other things that go along with commentary. And obviously the big one that, um, Gengar guy has brought up, which is bulk recording versus live recording. Um, which again, we kind of talked about during the let's play episode, but we're going to bring it back up here specifically, uh, with commentary. Cause I think it is a very important thing to talk about. I mean, it's, it's a problem with, uh, especially with let's plays. Um, but even with like regular videos with like time management and all that kind of stuff, um, and get into that kind of stuff. I would say for the most part that the answer of which one to pick and which one to use entirely depends on your situation and what you prefer. There is no, in my opinion, wrong answer. You can do live commentary fine. You can do bulk commentary fine. You can do post commentary fine. All of these methods definitely have their advantages. They also have their disadvantages. But what's important and what's going to make you decide which one of those three to do depends a lot on your situation and what you're comfortable with. Are you in the position to record multiple videos? Are you not going to be available most weeks? Do the bulk commentary. Do you have time to wait in between videos and want to give it a little bit of time before you hop into the next one? Try live. Are you like me and you feel that your live commentary didn't go well? Well, then try doing post or maybe just always do post if it's most comfortable that way. If you feel the more confident in your video that way. None of these ways are bad in and of themselves. And we'll talk about strengths and weaknesses, obviously, but really it's just going to come down to who you are as far as which one you end up picking and going with. And I've done a mix of all three of them, to be fair. So even though yeah, sure. quote unquote favorite, uh, they all just depends. Yeah, I think it's very dependent on your current situation. Um, I, I would say if you want, yeah, let's just go again straight into like the strengths and weaknesses because you've pretty much covered the, the the main thing is that it is very much about like be self-aware, figure out which one works best for you and go with it. Um, and it may very well depend on the day, you know. Today, you might want to do some bulk recording. Tomorrow, you might want to do an individual episode. You never know. So let's start with the bulk recording. What's the what's the strengths of bulk recording, in your opinion? Time. Mm-hmm. We do not have all the time in the world, unfortunately. A lot of YouTubers are not doing YouTube 100% starting out. And if you are, you are very lucky. Congrats to you. Uh, but most people have a job or school or they volunteer or they work at their church or... They have like 8,000 different other prior obligations that they got to get to. For some people, their schedule is flexible and they can work around it. For a lot of people, it's rigid. They've made too many prior commitments. They have to stick to them, basically. And Mm -hmm. life can sometimes throw you in those scenarios a lot, basically. And so the advantage of bulk recording is that when you do finally have that free day, when you do have that little bit of time that you love oh so much... It's the one time where you can control what you do with your time 
And that's when you start bulk recording multiple episodes so that when life gets busy again, when things start picking up and are getting hectic, you still have a video for that week or you still have a video for every day or you still have a podcast for whenever it has to come out. You're now ready because you decided to plan ahead and use time toward your advantage rather than as a weakness and as a crutch. Yeah, I mean, 100%, it's all about time. One of the biggest problems that you can get into, especially once you start upgrading equipment and things like that, is that the the barrier to to you setting up and recording a video becomes higher. And so if you don't set up your microphone and set up your cameras and your lighting and doing all these different things, then you're just going to sit there and you're not going to want to record because you have to set everything up. And so if you have to do that every single day for every single video, it's going to get a little bit tiresome and you're going to get to the point where it's easier for you to just not record rather than to record. Mm -hmm. So if you set aside a day to record even just a few videos in a row, um, because you know it takes 10 minutes to set up the PS4 to OBS and getting it set up for that. Or if you've got a live action video, you know it's going to take you about 20 to 30 minutes to get all the lights set up and make sure that the camera's set up and all that kind of stuff. The more advanced your setup becomes, the more all that kind of, you know, kind of stuff becomes, you're going to, it's going to take more time to set everything up. Bulk recording just makes more sense. For a lot of people, I, I think mm-hmm. just once you set it up one time, record all your videos, you're done, then set it up again when you finally have another free day. As I've gone further and further down the YouTube rabbit hole, the reason I have so many wires and HDMI switchers and mm-hmm. receivers and all this fucking equipment and shit, like it's a mess. This room's practically a fire hazard. Mm-hmm. When the room inspection lady comes in, she's going to be like, this room's going to burn the fuck to the ground. There's <laughs> too much shit everywhere and, I, and i'll agree with her you know it's very much valid the reason i have all that <laughs> stuff though is because at a moment's notice if i only have 30 minutes if i only have an hour if i only have one day to record or i only have one hour in a day to record all of that equipment allows me to turn on two or three buttons click obs and start recording there's no setup time for me wholeheartedly Uh, Granted, I still have to deal with that with the DSLR because I'm not good at it yet and I don't know what to do with that. But for most uh, channel update videos, for most vlogs, for most Let's Plays, it's simply a matter of turning on the console, turning on the TV, turning on OBS, and I'm done. I'm not having to finagle with wires. I'm not having to make sure it's gone in the right box. I'm not having to unplug something, replug something. It's all plugged up. It's just touch a few buttons and, and go. But that's me, right? Not everybody has all that shit. Rightfully so. They probably want to keep their house built together. (laughs) So for those people, it makes a lot more sense. Let's just set it up one time, make sure it works, get the shit I need, and then we'll go through the hassle again later on. (laughs) And to those people, that's a lot smarter. Yeah, for sure. Just just set up times. They suck. And even if you have, like, the Aiden set up and I have most of my set up like Aiden does as well. It's still, you know, you still, it still takes a little bit of time to make sure everything's running properly. And if you have the problem where maybe the recording fucks up and then, Oh, that's a, that's a recording messed up. 
Well, you want to make sure you have time to not only set everything up, but to test the recording software, test the, you know, test everything so that you know that you're not wasting your time in the long run. I think that's always important, too. I spend a lot of time troubleshooting. Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. Even with my setup. So. Definitely. It can happen to you. Uh, I would say the weakness of bulk recording, at least for me personally, I don't know what you feel about this. A lot of people will argue that if you're bulk recording, you have a momentum from episode to episode, so you can keep the energy going. And to a certain extent, I can agree with that. However, I kind of have the issue of whenever I do bulk recording, the episodes after a certain point start to get worse and worse and worse Mm -hmm. because I'm tired and I'm worn out. And for a lot of people, like, they don't have the option to take a break. They don't have the option to stop for an hour. It's either get it done now or don't get it done at all. And so they'll sit through that. But for me, if I do have the time, it makes a little bit more sense to have breaks in between so I can recharge my mind and refresh. Uh, Because if I do that all in a row, and I have done that on certain projects before, there's cracks that begin to show in 12-hour streams. You'll see that happen to me. Uh, the Super Smash Bros. Brawl Let's Play on my channel. I don't know if you've seen it, Zach, but that was all recorded in one day. The whole thing. Like all 30 episodes in one day. Holy shit. Didn't do that again. Uh, <laughs> I've done multiple podcasts in one day. I've done a lot of stuff in one day. And not only does like, my throat start to hurt, but like mm. I'm creatively worn out. I just saw a Sonic Adventure 2 episode on the Lions Honor Gaming Channel, episode 3. That's me at my worst at Bulker Cart right there. Because it's 3 a.m., me and Jay had already done two episodes, and here I am in episode three going, uh-huh, and yeah, because I'm so tired and mentally worn King out after Kunta. recording all day. This dude says King yeah. Kunta. That was pretty funny. The King Kunta episode was good. I'm talking the one before that. Oh, I haven't watched <laughs> that one yet. Yeah, I'm talking episode three. Episode four is good, which is amazing, because that was recorded that same night, or maybe a different night. I don't know. Uh, but episode three was me at my worst at bulk recording. But not everybody has that problem. So, I don't know. I, I just get worn out after a while when I do bulk recording. And I gotta yeah. stop and take a break. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Same here. Um, I am naturally tired all the time. I think I've talked about it on the podcast as well. Um, there's something physically wrong with me that I am trying to get figured out. To where I am tired all the time. And so, I can't... I, I physically just can't record too much at one in one sitting or like my commentary just goes completely to shit um i did an entire portal versus with jay we recorded like four and a half hours of portal in one sitting one night and uh that last episode just was not the best um, I think I recorded, I, I, there's been multiple, multiple times where I've recorded a lot and the, basically what I figured out is it definitely depends on what the project is, whether or not I can get through it, uh, depending on how tired I am. Um, I'm always tired, so that just is a given, but I can get through most things as long as whatever is in front of me is stimulating enough. I think a good part of the success of this podcast and how we've continued to be able to do it is that even though we can sometimes talk for three hours, and we have done that in three episodes actually by now, it's crazy, mm-hmm. um, we can talk for long periods of time. We can even go into movie night after this and go into fire red after this and still have great episodes and great commentary. I think the reason we're able to do that and our sort of advantage and sort of secret uh, 
weapon is that anytime I'm not talking, Zach can talks. And this does two things. Number one, it keeps the flow of the video going. I talk, he talks, I talk, he talks, right? It goes in a flow, basically, like I was talking about earlier. The other advantage of it is is while Zach is talking, I can stop and think and know what I'm going to say next. It gives me that breather. It gives me that time to not put so much energy into it. And because we're doing that, because we're swapping back and forth and saving energy and stuff, even when we're at the three-hour mark, we still feel as refreshed as when we started. And I think that's a big help. Who are you working with? And uh, for some people, it can be great to work with eight hours for one shoot. (laughs) Others, not as much. (laughs) And especially if you're working with yourself, you can suffer a lot too. So keep that in mind. Um, Doing a callback to the the collab episode, it's it's just like we talked about for for the collab episode, you know, not knowing somebody and then doing a collab episode is very difficult. But because we've like spent literally 56 hours on this podcast together. (laughs) We didn't mention that, did we? We did. No. No. So Zach and I were like, how how long have we talked about YouTube for on this podcast? Like, what's the actual total hour amount? And uh, Zach totaled up the hours and I totaled up the minutes and we brought our results together. And we ended up finding out that we have spent, over the course of this podcast, all the episodes, all the extra stones, everything added up to a total of about 53 hours, basically. We've talked about YouTube on this podcast, on this channel, for 53 hours. More than two days, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's crazy. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. No, I was just thinking, like, we've talked about YouTube for that long. But then it's like, we, me and you have been, like, in a call for that long, too. But I mean, obviously Ugh. longer, obviously Ugh. much longer, but like that didn't even hit my brain until just now. Right. Um, but like the fact that we've been able to like hold conversations for that long um, is, is pretty phenomenal. <laughs> we've, we've established that flow. We've established that energy. Yeah. Um, there, there's only a couple of times where we kind of step over each other and that's mainly discord's fault rather than our own. Basically. Oh yeah, for sure. We can blame it on discord. I'm cool with that. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Hell yes. Let's <laughs> <Esket> it. <laughs> I feel you. Um, yeah, it's bulk recording. It's great, honestly. I think it's I think it's the best, but it does have you do you can't have that problem where if you record too much, you do lose some quality. Um, unless it's scripted work. I think if it's scripted work, especially if it's just voiceover and you're not like messing up your your throat, um, then you can usually do a lot of it at one in like one shot and you're good. Um, if you have to be on camera, uh, be careful. You could look physically tired. Um, (laughs) that is a problem. Um, there's a couple of, um, uh, videos of mine where I did them all in a row and you can tell by the end of it. It's rough. Yeah. (laughs) But if you don't have webcam on, no one will know. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I, I typically try to record as far as let's play parts go. I think I try to record three or four episodes at a time now. I don't try to push myself anymore like I used to. Because I used to do like 10 to 12 videos at a, at a row um, without stopping. Uh, usually even more than that if I could. And now I'm like, if I don't feel like going anymore, I just won't. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the quality does suffer. But me and you have done like three Fire Red episodes back to back. Yeah. I, I did all of SA2 in a couple of nights with Jay really and that was just 
at, at some point I kind of realized that I prioritized getting the videos done rather than my commentary. Mm-hmm. So I was willing to kind of sacrifice a little bit of my own personal energy to be like, well, if I do it, SA2 is definitely coming out on time. So <laughs> let me get them done. So, yeah. And then it didn't happen anyway. So it all worked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Well, Jay's the best, except for when he's not. He's except the best. for when he's not. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even watch this podcast anymore. So, yeah, we're good. We're good. We can talk as much shit about him as we want. It's pretty great, actually. I, I love that. About this podcast i did all four roblox episodes back to back and that's a pretty good example of it too because episode one i feel is like one of the strongest mm-hmm. and then two and three kind of dip down a little bit still pretty good but not amazing and then four kind of picks back up because it's the finale so you kind of save a little bit of energy for that finale episode uh-huh. and uh episode four ended up being really good too so i think if you catch yourself like if you catch yourself losing the commentary you can sometimes pick yourself back up but I also know that if I catch myself, then I also just end up like telling myself that I'm shit at commentary and I've never been good at it. And then I just kind of am like, all right, I need to not do any more of this today. Mm-hmm. So. I try to very much focus on what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, during the podcast, I usually don't play anything most times. Mm-hmm. Um, during SA2, I'm focused on the game and what I can talk about. Uh, during Let's Play, something like that, the channel update, I try to stay on track for the most part. And for projects where I am not on webcam, like sometimes during this podcast, I'll drink a little bit of water so that my throat doesn't feel as tired as I do. Water <laughs> is good. Um, Water's a godsend. I used to just play like any fucking video game during podcasts. Uh, now I play Tetris during some podcast episodes. It depends. Uh just because it, like, keeps my brain going a little bit without being, like, too crazy. Yeah, that can help a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Stream sometimes even. I'll listen to uh, background music. If the chat's kind of in a lull. Yeah. I'll pull up some, like, YouTube music and have it played through my headphones and off the stream. Streams are hard, uh, especially with commentary, yeah. because it, it, you do rely on that chat. It, it's It's kind of a crutch, but if you can... Every once in a while, just kind of hone in a little bit and try to try to bring some story out of your ass. You can, <laughs> you can do it. I mean, it, let's be honest though. Commentary is very much something that you you have to like pull out of your ass sometimes. Definitely. Um, That's some of the funniest moments too. I agree. When you get to that point of desperation. <laughs> <laughs> you get some good comedy gold out of that you just one. <laughs> some straight dumb ass shit, and it's the best. Yeah, movie nights like that a good bit. It is. Movie night's yeah. interesting. It's a, it's a fun project. Um, subscribe to the channel. It's some good I shit. I agree. Movie night's good. Uh, live recording is yeah. the other the other big one here. Um, and there's some there's some pros and some cons here. Um, I'll go ahead and go into the pros of live recording. I think the biggest one is that you get your honest, genuine reaction um, mm-hmm. to to what you are to what you're trying to talk about. I mean, that's... A lot of people value um, that. I for sure. I think so. And in some cases, I would argue that the best version of your video is done with that honest reaction. Um, depending on the game you're playing, or the project you're trying out, or 
social experiment videos, I guess, kind of have to be done live. I mean, some of those are scripted, though, so right. who the fuck knows? It depends <laughs> on the video. And again, like we are talking about gaming stuff a good bit because commentary is very often mixed with game stuff. But um, there, there are obviously other other types of videos that commentary is involved with. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, like if you're doing a horror game and you've never played the horror game before, then your genuine reaction is most likely going to be better than some kind of scripted bullshit that you put on there. If you know how to react, though. Yeah. I think it can be... A lot of people don't realize is that sometimes your honest, genuine reaction isn't funny, isn't entertaining, and isn't worth watching. And that's when you sort of have to be in the position of being like, maybe it would work better in another scenario. But for some people... When that moment hits, when their time to shine, when it's like, here's your opportunity for commentary gold, take advantage of it and produce some of the best videos on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but you got to be ready for it, right? You know, uh, that, that definitely takes a skill to know when to react and how to do so, basically. Even if that sounds a bit dishonest, uh, trust me, a lot of the best live commentary videos have sort of mastered that skill of when to strike at that exact moment and how to do it. No, I think you're right, and I don't think it's I don't think it's being disingenuous. I think it's just a matter of, you know, if you're not easily scared, if you're, you know, if you're not, if you watch horror movies and you're like jump scares are stupid, they don't scare me, and you play a horror game and you record it, and you're like, ha, huh, that was a jump scare. Okay, cool. Like nobody's gonna be entertained by that. Right? I think it'd be kind of funny, personally. I mean, to a certain extent. <laughs> it's not the intention. Right. It's not the intention. Right. Yeah. To a certain extent. I get you. It depends. It, it depends, right? There is definitely a spectrum here. Um, yeah. I, I think that I'm not the best advocate for horror games to a certain extent because I don't really get scared by horror stuff that often. But then again, sometimes those stupid games, they'll pull out some bullshit and I'll be like, oh, okay. That was dumb. And then I'll get scared on camera and it'd be like, all right, that was funny. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's not about being disingenuous. It is about your natural reaction. And then you, you look at it and you're like, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be like, is this entertaining? Right. Mm -hmm. Is this something that somebody want to watch? And Uh, some of my best live commentary moments, I'll go ahead and touch on a few. Obviously one of the biggest is through live streams. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're recording live and streaming live, you don't really have a whole opportunity to edit it on the fly. Right. Um, so the chat can hit you with something really funny and stupid and you'll laugh your ass off yes. for like five minutes. <laughs> and that's a great time and a great moment. Or something can happen randomly in a game and be caught live for all to see, right? A speedrunning breakthrough could be made live on a stream for all to see before anyone else, basically. There are certain occasions when doing it live and going with your gut can produce some of the best results. Another occasion is a lot of these podcasts, basically. Now, granted, we did mention that there are a couple of episodes that do get re-recorded, but they're not the majority. The vast number of YouTube podcasts, uh, Lines on a Nerdcast, Movie Night, um, this podcast in particular, were done the first take, the first time around. And so some of the bits that are brought up in there, some of the jokes that are brought up in there, we're not planned, we're not scripted, we're not anything. We're just like, oh, that's funny. And then we laugh about it for five minutes and move on to the top. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, I there's there's plenty of moments in like live streams where 
somebody will say something dumb in the chat and I will, I'll just make like a, a, a funny joke and it'll make myself laugh for like five minutes. You're right. Um, and those are, those are usually the best moments. Those are the funniest moments. And, and yeah, reactions, definitely live recordings, you know, definitely comes in the form of not just horror games, but genuinely, you know, genuine jokes and comedy and not just that, but you know, when you're live recording, you want to have a mixture of what can I do to entertain the audience in a comedic aspect, but also, you know, be interesting, you know. There's a, there's a couple sure. of different ways you can do commentary, and I guess we could get into that next if we're done with... Right. Oh, I was just going to uh, say real quick, yeah, too, as far as Let's Play stuff is concerned, I don't really, like, get scared or, like, scream or anything like that. Mm. Um, but I found that some of the funniest moments in, like, Blue Catch Productions videos or Let's Plays is when I'm sort of in, like, a panic or getting anxious or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I'm being timed on something, <laughs> uh, the Pokemon quiz video is a great example of this. A lot of the fear and anxiousness of, like, trying to beat the clock can produce a lot of good shit out of me, whether it's in Let's Plays or that Pokemon video. Uh, dealing with that anxiousness and that panicness, I, I sometimes can produce a lot of funny, good responses and moments. And um, that's sort of one of my strengths when it comes to live commentary, when I do do it. And I won't re-record any of this those. This boy gets anxious okay. in Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad so many of those moments are on stream for everybody to watch. Yeah. yeah. I get I get caught up into it sometimes, and it can produce some really good shit that I wouldn't have had if I re-recorded that a Fortnite video or something like yeah. that. So you know, you keep those basically. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, sure. It's why I don't. It's one of the reasons why I record like my game experiences now. Like ninety nine percent of my game time is recorded either in a let's play or a stream. Um, and it's like part of that. It's like, oh, that's sad. You don't play games for fun. It's like, yeah, I do play games for fun, but I find it fun to do commentary over it, and then I can go back one day and look at the experiences that I had um, mm -hmm. doing that. I agree. Hardly. Um, I, I guess we didn't really get into it, but cons for live recordings. Uh, so there's the problem that I brought up earlier of going with the one take thinking that it's genuine and honest, and in fact, it's boring. Yeah. And people don't like your video, right? Mm -hmm. And live commentary, its biggest strength is its biggest weakness. If the reaction is good, the video is good. If your reaction ain't good, the video ain't gonna be good. It can live and die off that one aspect sometimes. So that really, you really kind of have to have a, a, a critical look at your own video and your own content and come to that decision, was this funny? Was this good? And if so, keep it. If not, try it again. If you want to still keep that sort of live, genuine aspect of it, maybe wait another day. Uh, if you want to get it done, go into post-commentary or bulk, basically. Right. But that's my biggest weakness as far as that's concerned, is people are very much not critical and will do the live commentary, think it's funny, don't look over it, edit it, post, done. <laughs> And that produces a lot of boring content sometimes. This happens really early on. Um, I know that a majority, like 99% of my like first videos and like my first four years of creating content <laughs> were not entertaining. There's just like boring let's play. There may, there might be some entertaining moments. I don't know. I haven't watched any of it in years, but I remember editing back and just like, all right, fine, whatever. 
Um, it also happens like very long series, um, especially in the Let's Play atmosphere. Again, sorry that we're talking about gaming stuff. It just so naturally works with, you know, commentary here. But it do- it happens when you're doing like very long series. Um, you get into the rote of the series and you kind of just, you know, you kind of just don't try to do anything special with the commentary after a while. And that can get it, laborious after a while. It's when people use live commentary as a crutch. When they get in the mindset that, oh, it's live commentary, so of course it'll be funny, of course it'll be entertaining, and then don't edit and don't look. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to end up with a lot of stinkers that way, basically. And, you know, even if you do record a live commentary and it turns out it's not funny, there's still workarounds to fixing that video. There are definitely a couple of Let's Play parts. There's definitely a couple of videos that ended up being saved in the edit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the fascinating stories I've heard about recently is the fact that, like, the first Star Wars movie was apparently saved in the edit. Of like all these scenes were kind of yeah, I could see that <laughs> disconjointed and didn't make a whole lot of sense, and the mood changed, and you know it kind of was all over the place. But through the power of editing, making the right cuts, adding music to certain moments, trying to keep the vibe consistent, they were able to take a movie that was a jumbled mess and really use it in the editing phase to sort of turn it into the powerful blockbuster that we all know today. The problem is that people won't edit and will just move on and go with what they have. Yeah, and. Uh, that's the issue is when you use it as a crutch it's not a crutch you gotta still put work into it uh to make the best video you can obviously well and that's important too is you know editing like like edit uh, a lot of people think oh i can just do live commentary and since i'm doing live commentary that doesn't that means i don't have to put like an audio track to the video i can just export it and there we go there's a video like still edit your videos. It's 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you're not editing your videos, nobody's gonna watch them, unless it's mm-hmm. just cut. straight comedy gold. Cut shit out. And then you should just basically. be streaming, I guess, if you're really that adamant about not editing. Cut shit out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many people who, again, really hold true to like, oh, live commentary is honest and genuine, and if I cut anything out, the honest, genuine experience will be ruined. No, it won't cut boring shit out (laughs) i'm not saying it has to be baller moment baller moment baller moment baller moment there can still be quiet space and small space and appreciating the tiny moments but it can't just be high low 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 the whole way through right the flow remember the flow everybody you know you're not sometimes you can't get it naturally and it's okay to edit to add funny images to add music zoom it zoom ins are my favorite my commentary is bad and i say a quirky weird ass line that makes no sense let's call attention to it and zoom into it on a questions on the couch and suddenly the moment's funny now (laughs) right it was meant to be serious when i recorded it it was meant to be a good line in practice but when i watched over it i'm like no it's not how about we call attention (laughs) to it and make fun of it and that produced a better video cut shit out do the editing it'll save you so much if you're playing a jrpg uh chances are we don't need to see you fighting that slime one more time Especially mm-hmm. if you're not saying anything funny and or interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I do in the in these kind of like longer ass games is if I know that I got to do some kind of battling that's going to take forever, um, I just don't say anything in the commentary. If it's just me by myself, 
I just don't say anything. And then when I get into the editing room, I see this long ass chunk of silence. I know that I can just <laughs> cut it out. Made made future Zach easier on himself and made past Zach easier on himself. Literally, Zach is happy in the in all aspects of his life. It's a perfect fucking shui. If I'm fucking up on a part over and over again, if I'm fucking up on a boss over and over again, Dark Souls is a great example of this. Mm. Um, Dark Souls is boring in its natural play state. Yeah. What the developers intended you to do is not what the YouTuber intends to do, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And you think, oh, Dark Souls, funny, haha, you die, lol, and that's funny for a while. Until you're in the undead parish for 30 episodes, and then suddenly it's not funny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, knowing when to cut shit out, knowing when to re-record a fight, knowing when to put in even mixtures of post-com, if that'll help. Yeah. Comedic zoom-ins, trashing episodes if they're bad. There's a flow to it. Highlight right? reels. And some games work better with it than others. You know? Yeah, for, for real. Um, yeah. Knowing that some games just don't work as Let's Plays. That's important too. And Dark Souls is a great game, hundred percent. Is it the winner of all YouTube games? Hell no, right? No. Go to Happy Wheels or Slothario Fucking. or dumb shit. Fortnite. <laughs> Fucking Fortnite's made with the intention to be like, <laughs> oh, twenty minute match, YouTube video, highlight reel, cut up your matches, done, easy. That's why multiplayer games are so fucking big on YouTube. It's just because you can do like 30,000 multiplayer matches and get as many funny moments as you want and make a video out of that, right? Finding um, of Isaac. Story long-form content can work, but you got to keep in mind, you know, you got to pick your battles of what to keep and what not to keep. Yeah. That one's a little difficult too because you've got to, especially if it's a, like a narratively driven game, you got to be on your feet the entire time. You got to be ready to commentate the entire time that the game is not doing the story. And the game is typically doing the story the entire time. So you've got to have pretty good reactions to the game and you've got to have interesting like little comments or it's going to get boring unless people are there just for the story of the game, which you don't want people there to be just there for the game. You want people to be there for you. We've talked about Livecom, talked about Bulkcom. Let's go ahead and jump into the final type, unless we have any more to mention. I don't think so. Final type is Uh, just like Pokemons. Hell yeah, basically. Uh, But my, I guess, quote unquote, favorite of the group, the one that I advocate a lot more for than the other two, uh, post-commentary. It is what I like to do. It is... Mainly how I do things, aside from, again, a couple of projects, some certain exceptions. It's the idea of recording the video, uh, sometimes with commentary or without, depending on how you want to do it. And then after it's done, getting rid of the commentary and recording it, recording over it after the fact, basically. So I'll record an episode of, let's say, Super Mario World where I record the video, record the commentary, and then don't like the commentary or whatever. I'll get rid of the commentary Mm -hmm. and then pull up Audacity while I'm watching the video and basically record it again, essentially. And sometimes I'll just play a game and not record any commentary with the full intention of doing it in post later after the fact. The whole aspect of quote-unquote post commentary is doing the commentary while you're in the editing phase, essentially. Um, After all the major recording stuff is done, you do the commentary after the fact. 
The same is true for things like voiceover and video essays and the like, where you get most of the other stuff done and then go into that stuff. Right. Hope I explained that well. I think I tried to. I don't know. No, I think <laughs> you did. A, I think you did a good job of it. I I personally haven't done this a whole lot. Um, I've done this maybe like two or three times in my life um, out of necessity because a video got corrupted or whatever. Uh, it's, it's actually funny. I should have done this early on in my in my YouTube career a couple of times, but instead I ended up putting. Uh, I, I just have like a couple of old Speech and Games videos of like no commentary. It's just the fucking video game. That's Oof. it. It's like let's play <laughs> Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Part Fifteen. Uh, no commentary episode. Let's go. So that happened. Uh, mistake. Don't do that. Definitely do the mm-hmm. post commentary is an option. Definitely take that option if need be. Um, and I definitely, like I said earlier, I like the idea of maybe doing post com more often. I think what it could really help with is number one, if you feel like your, your episode was garbage and you, you feel like you could do a whole lot better by re you know, redoing the thing. Um, I think it also worked for certain games. So, you know, maybe you're playing a game like Super Mario World where it's not necessarily a difficult game, but it's not necessarily an easy game either to where certain worlds could be more difficult and it takes you a little bit of extra time to get through it. And so you just play the game and then you you go ahead and edit out all the like mess ups and then you can basically put in the commentary later and it makes it a little bit... Mm-hmm easier to structure the episode. The reason I did a lot of that for Mario World in particular was just because most of the early episodes were live commentary, actually, and a couple of them at the very end were because uh, people wanted the Bowser boss fight at the end Mm -hmm. with live commentary, essentially, so I provided that. But for the most part, toward the middle of the game, a lot of the episodes became post-com, Simply because the live commentary ver- versions were just filled with me being angry the whole time and having a lot of fuck-ups. Yeah. And at a certain point, that's just not watchable anymore. A couple of them were like that, that were live com that I kept, but I came to the decision after that to be like, you know what, let's just try to make these the best video they can, edit out the mistakes, and get a more level-headed commentary that's a bit more interesting, uh, funny, and also informative, because... When you fuck up a part over and over again, you really don't have a solution for it until like yeah. the very end of the video. So you can't talk about that solution as much as you would like to. With post-com, it created a great opportunity where you watch me like fuck up 30 times at one area and I'd be like, yo, here's how you solve it. And I can talk about it as I'm doing it so I can kind of demonstrate things a bit better. So from like an educational or an informative aspect, post-commentary is absolutely wonderful for you. And uh, if you know the timing of your own video, which you have that opportunity because it's literally recorded, it could even be great for some funny, entertaining moments. If you know what's coming ahead and you can be like, oh, I know I'm about to fall in this pit. Let me try to set it up in the commentary <laughs> first. And I've done that. And I've also pretended to like act naive, like I have no idea what's going to happen, even though it's post-com. And uh, work from there as well. And, you know, people will say, oh, that's not, that's not genuine. That's not your honest reaction. And I would retort saying the genuine, honest version is me screaming for 10 minutes. So, <laughs> so which one would you You'll be glad have? I did this. 
Yeah, you're, you're glad I did this, basically. Yeah, I'm glad I did that. I think it gives you the opportunity to be almost more creative. Um, I mean, obviously, like you said, the original was you just screaming, which isn't particularly creative. Uh, not only that, but you ev- evidently weren't having fun the first time through. You were just yeah. kind of being pissed off at the video game, which mm-hmm. is not extremely fun most of the time. Um, yeah. So... You know, you do the post commentary, you're more refreshed, you're able to kind of, you know, reflect on the game, maybe like it a little bit more. It's a little bit better that way. What I found out, too, is after I got done being angry and I got through that part, because sometimes that would happen, the rest of the episode would be me being quiet. Because when you're angry, right, you give those outbursts. And you do all the, you know, screamy, funny, LOL, exciting shit. And it's just you being quiet for like five minutes, still being angry and trying to calm down. Mm-hmm. Trying to calm down in the middle of the episode produces some of the worst commentary I've ever had. <laughs> Frankly. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. And uh, the ability to just have the whole episode be good from start to finish um, gets rid of those dull moments rather easily. Yeah. not. I, I also think it'd be interesting for co-commentary or post-commentary is that you could you could do some really creative things with it um you could do like some gimmicky things um that not a whole lot of people do um you're able to like work on your voice acting a little bit more that way you can really hone in on your character voices um you know like you said you can not be as angry with the video game and that gives you the chance to (laughs) really hone in your storytelling and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I think the post commentary has a lot of benefits that we often ignore. Um, at least I have. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. For this podcast, what I found it did when we do post commentary here is really tying things up a whole lot because usually if we do a first draft of an episode or whatever, and we plan on releasing it and then it gets corrupted or something happens Usually, Zach will tell me, like, right away, and we tend to re-record it almost right away or the day after. So the episode is still fresh in both of our minds. We know what we talked about. We knew what the key points were. We knew sort of the funny jokes and the main beats of the episode. We just didn't know all the the filler bits, the moments where we talk and it doesn't lead anywhere, the moments of filler content. So when we do the post-com, or we essentially do a live recording again, essentially, but just on the same topic, uh, might be a better way of wording it. What that allowed us to do was to get a tighter, more consistent, more on point episode, a shorter one too, basically. Mm -hmm. You'll find that once you know all the important things that you got to say the first time, uh, the second version of that is a lot shorter and a lot more tight and a lot more watchable. And so that's why I love a lot of our, uh, post-com second attempt episodes of this podcast in particular. Yeah, I mean, ideally, like in, like in a complete ideal world, we'd script out, you know, we'd have like a meeting every week and we'd talk about exactly what we we're going to talk about. We'd script it out and we'd really like make like these magnum opus, a year week on or another YouTube podcasts, you know, but it's not an ideal world. So we can't do that every week. But in that rare occasion, I agree, they do end up a little bit better because if not a lot better a couple of times because 
we're a lot more concise. We're a lot more clear. We know exactly what we need to say. We know exactly how to get there. And you're right. There's not as much filler. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing happened when me and Jay had to re-record the first episode of Sonic Adventure 2. Um, I was tired. I didn't say a lot. It was my first time seeing the game. My commentary was pretty bad. Jay's not as much uh, because he knew a whole lot of it and he was in the mood to record it, yada yada. But when we found out that episode's audio was recorded, but we still had the gameplay, uh, the audio was basically corrupted, but the gameplay was still fine. You're like, yo, let's just do a little, little post-convoy over it. And both my commentary, and I would even argue Jay's commentary, uh, ended up being better that way. And as a result, the first episode of Sonic Adventure 2, probably the most important episode of any Let's Play is the first episode. And if the first episode's bad, you typically don't watch anymore after that. And so at the very least with Sonic Adventure 2, even though there are a couple of dead episodes, like I said, episode 3 is not a very good one. It starts off at such a strong point, and we got a lot of people in simply due to the fact that me and Jay did post-commentary mm-hmm. on it. And I think it saved a good bit of that first episode. It might have even saved the series for a couple of people. That gave them the opportunity to continue watching more. And and that's really, really cool. <laughs> right, for sure. So. But I don't know. Some people would just qualify. If you're doing a second attempt live, it's still live commentary. I put that more in the post thing um that i do live commentary just simply because if it's over the same topic and if it's over the same footage well it's like after the fact right like i'm, I'm not being weird and saying that i think you're right i, I, I think you're right yeah. i'd say that's post yeah people could argue the definition of it i guess that's not my job <laughs> yeah but i i think that there is some merits to all of the the different types of commentary that we've talked about there's obviously some detriments to them as well um there's there's places that these can be useful there's places that these aren't as useful uh, but at the end of the day like we said at the very beginning um obviously figure out what works best for you when it works best for you and that's where you'll find works best <laughs> do we want to quickly talk about the uh, detriments to postcom yes um because we definitely have been singing its prices through most of the episode. It is not uh, perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Um, sometimes there are occasions, and they're not the majority, thankfully, which is why I still do a lot of post-com. But there are occasions when a really funny video, a really funny episode, a really funny first take of a video that was really good, right, um, gets ruined or gets corrupted, and we try to recreate that, and it's not as funny. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, just because we get more control on the post-commentary side of things doesn't mean we should control it a lot of the time. Some people have perfectly good live commentary episodes that don't need to go back over. Um, a lot of perfectionists can really get into a bad habit of post-comming really good episodes simply to make sure this one sentence was said correctly or that they got this one point across. Leave it be, right? Uh, move on to the next video. Um, don't let post-commentary consume you, because believe me, if you really wanted to, you could spend way more time on post-commentary to the point where you may have screwed yourself over to try to work on anything else, right? You can't get perfectionist over it. You have to do it and move on. It's a tool, again, not a, not a crutch. And Sometimes you really can't recreate the, the magic of a live moment as, as much as you would like to. Um, whether it's intentional or not depends, I guess, but that's sort of a weakness of post-com, is it can be a crutch especially for perfectionists and I agree. Don't get good moments so 
I think the other detriment, obviously, is time. Um, it definitely takes a lot more time to post-com. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I've never really done it, because obviously it takes me 30 minutes to record a 30-minute episode. The one time, it'll take me an hour if I record it a second time. <laughs> and so that's... But at the end of the day, I, I do think it is important to focus on quality and that is something that I am that I want to look into postcom more in the future if if I need if I see it as something that'll save an episode that I watch you know that I watch back and I realize oh this really wasn't good I could fix this post commentary is convenient but not in the same way bulk commentary is where it'll save you time mm-hmm. post commentary is more convenient in the term of the creative liberties that it allows you not so much in the time aspect. Uh, people who have no time do not appreciate post commentary because uh, they don't have enough time as it is. They're lucky if they can even get live stuff done right uh, and bulk record all that stuff right. The idea of having to go back and redo anything is kind of a nightmare to those people. And I, I understand hardly if that's the position you're in and you can't re-record over anything. You have to get it out. Uh, I understand F5 completely. The algorithm supports people who do that. Uh, I totally understand why you would go that route. Yeah, definitely. I'm so curious if anybody out there makes like scripted Let's Plays. I kind of want to know too. Because that's, that intrigues me. And I kind of want to like dabble into it. I think it'd be, I think it'd be cool for like the comedic aspect of it. Like really honing in on your like, your comedy craft, really trying to make some really good jokes and. It'd essentially be like stand-up. That's yeah, exactly. Game. Exactly. Yeah. And you just repractice it over and over and over again until you get the stand-up right, and then you release the one. You would never get multiple parts of a Let's Play done in a week, though. That'd be the thing. You'd get, like, one part a week. And then yeah, like yeah, yeah, for sure. Do, do another routine, basically. But it could be cool. No, it's great for uh, <clears throat> Lions Honor Gaming. Yeah. Uh, I guess one other thing I wanted to mention is I don't feel like we need to talk about collab commentary and co-op commentary because we did cover that in our collab episode um but that is another major thing knowing how to work with people and knowing how to uh commentate with each other is a big skill and can make uh commentary better or worse agreed but go watch the collab episode we talked more about it there 100 percento yeah yeah um well we've talked about a lot in terms of commentary. And I'm trying to think if there's anywhere else we can go with this. And I'm sure there's is. And I'm sure we've probably missed something. Uh, is there anything else you can think of? Uh, we talked about the major types. We talked about a little bit of the theory of it. We've talked about how to do it, how to set it up, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really go into the, the realm of scripted and voiceover videos i guess but those are a bit more straightforward a lot of that has to do more with writing uh than commentary i agree but again like we brought up earlier it really depends on your delivery and and voice acting and stuff like that and i guess that's just a tip i can offer people in general is if you can and if you're into it try to do a little bit of voice acting i think it could go a long way into helping your actual commentary do a lot better if you sort of learn that skill set if you learn acting in general dude it's just gonna it's just gonna help you in so many aspects of it and commentary is one one key area yeah um youtube is a great place and where you can learn like 
a random set of skills and they will most likely help you. Mm-hmm. It's it's what I love about it. Um, just about any skill can you can probably find a place for it on YouTube, especially when it comes to anything creative. Um, so yeah, voice acting, improv, uh, comedy, acting, all that kind of stuff definitely can help you on YouTube one hundred percent. I know some people struggle with running out of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. I know you've kind of had that problem and I've had that problem before. What would be like a bit of advice to help those people out who are trying to do live com but keep running out of things to say? So it's hard. And one of the things that I started doing kind of like in the middle of my YouTube life when I was finding like this being a bigger problem is I would start taking notes of things throughout my regular day when I, when I, found something that I could talk about. So if something funny happened throughout my regular life or if some kind of story happened that I knew I could tell on a let's play part, I would write it down like on my phone or something. And then like recall that inside the episode and just like bring it up. Um, when there's nothing else that I could talk about, um, talking about your day to day life that helps as long as it's not like super boring. Like don't be like, I ate toast this morning for breakfast and that's it. Right. Like that's, that's boring. Nobody gives a fuck that you ate toast for breakfast. (laughs) Um, I mean, that's kind of funny the way I just delivered it and maybe you can deliver it in a certain, like in in that kind of way. And it'd be funny. Um, and, and delivery as we've already kind of pointed out is very important in that aspect. But, um, storytelling, like we said, super important. Uh, focusing on what's right in front of you, uh, no- noting on things that are inside the game, but not being too dependent on what's happening inside the game. Um, I know I used to tell people, just talk about what's in the game, man. Just just yeah. talk about what you're doing inside the game. And while I, it's kind of a reverse of uh, streaming in that sense, where there's no chat there keep the flow going so you focus on what's right in front of you mm-hmm. take those opportunities they will help you out agreed so. but i will say don't use that as too big of a crutch either because that can end up being a problem to where you know you end up going into this almost semi walkthrough esque video like now i'm going over here to get this thing now i'm gonna go do this thing like you know Try to make sure it's entertaining, and I know it's, I, I know it's hard, right? Like you, you got so much going on in your head at once, and that's why commentary it isn't easy. Um, if it was easy, everybody would be successful at it, right? Yeah. But what I, no, go ahead. Um, I, I would just say, use the game as a subject that you can kind of like piggyback off of so anything any kind of stories related to the game in your life that you can talk about if, if you've played it before in your life and then any kind of reactionary stuff that you can take from the game if this is your first time playing it mm-hmm. uh, what I did with Ethan when he started up Worldwide Meme and basically didn't really do a whole lot of any let's play commentary solo wise he did a good bit of stuff with me, but never did anything solo. 
And so his first like solo LP was one of the Fire Emblem GBA games. I think Blazing Sword is the title. Uh, that doesn't show up on the Game Boy screen. It's only like an international title. Anyway, not the point. Um, what I would do for Ethan to sort of help him out is I'll be like, yo, Ethan, what you can do before you start the episode is give yourself a topic, right? And at any point where you feel like you have nothing to say or nothing interesting is happening in the game, bring up that topic. And that would work for a good bit of time. He would talk about the game, talk about the game, then reach this sort of slump, this sort of boring part. And he always remembered, oh, hey, I have a topic to talk about. I have something to mention to my day or about my girlfriend or about the game or about Smash Direct or whatever. And he could bring that up in a video. And that could work uh, wonders for him, especially when he knew how to use it. Obviously, to... Um, Knowing what topic you're going to talk about before you record a podcast is a good idea. I mean, we do yeah. live commentary, but even we have like a little bit of a plan, a big like, you know, what topic we're going to do. Because if we didn't know that, we would get done with you another week on YouTube and have nothing to talk about. Ooh, so yeah, that do was a little the, bit of mess. Do a little bit of planning, obviously. You know, movie night, we know what movies we're going to talk about. We know what topics. We spend a lot of time on it, unfortunately, but we know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> right. Hey, coming up with the topic can help you. And then, like Zach said, focus on the game when you can. But don't make it a crutch or anything like that. Um, narratively driven games obviously have a lot of dialogue that you have to read. Um, you can either focus on that dialogue and read it in goofy voices. Um, that's where the voice acting really comes into play. Um, or some people ignore the, the dialogue and try to focus on the gameplay and try to just make their commentary the main focus of the video. Which, if you're naturally funny and are naturally, you know, good at commentary, then that works too. So, play into your strengths. Don't get bogged down by the game. Um, yeah. What I tend to do too is add an informative or educational aspect of it. Informative of the sense of like, when the game was released, when it was made, what are some of the background stories, what were some of the behind the scenes stuff, how do you get through this tough part... Uh, what legacy does this game have? If it's a retro game and I'm playing it, clearly a lot of people don't see it as valuable as I do. And I want to explain that each game, even older ones, have a certain value to it. So informing people and educating people are why, uh, or what I use often for commentary techniques when nothing funny or particularly interesting are happening on screen. I sort of have a desire to tell people all the dumb video game trivia that's inside my head that I have no other use for. <laughs> yeah, which is good, which is actually a really good so. way to use uh, commentary. I know that um, Chugga Conroy, he's he's really good about this. Um, he has, I mean, I feel like a big part of his personality in his commentary is based off of kind of the informational, educational side of, of commentary. Kyle does that too in our group. Mm. Um, in the Shovel Knight and Fire Emblem series, I've noticed that he typically plays games that he knows and has played before, which means he has a lot more informative things to say about them. I think even in the Let's Play episode, we classified commentary into informative, educational, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And uh, even though we use different terms in this one, they both kind of work together and both sort of have valid methods. You can do educational postcom, educational bulk recording, educational live commentary... Or you can do like informative live post or anything like that. Um, try different combinations out and see what works for you, honestly. They both are valid and both still have their 
their points, but kind of pick and choose little bits and see what happens. I agree. I think a good mix is always nice. And I, I think it depends on your personality. Um, I tend to try to lean towards, towards the comedy aspect as much as I can, but sometimes I'm not funny. <laughs> and so I pull out some like dumb facts that I know and it works out for me. Or I tell a story that's, I feel like is more interesting or, you know, entertaining doesn't necessarily mean funny. That's, uh, that's important to know. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's sometimes entertaining to hear, uh, an older relative of yours, tell a story, right? Storytelling. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it can be boring. Yeah. Yeah. So 100%. it's just about the delivery again. It's delivery, not DiGiorno. So keep that in. Yeah. Uh, mm. a tip I can help for people who are in the editing phase and are trying to apply that critical eye, but don't know if the episode they have is a good one or a bad one. Uh, a tip I can offer to you guys who are trying to determine that is to ask yourself one question. What is the big thing that happens in this episode? Right? And if you can't answer that question directly after you just recorded it, chances are it's not that good. Frankly. Mm-hmm. And granted, that big moment can mean different things to you. For some, it could be a joke you told. For others, it could be this story you told. For others, you beat a boss that episode. Or for others, you got past a mid-boss, right? Like, what's the big thing that happened in this video? Was it a gameplay thing, a commentary thing, a joke, an informative bit? If you can remember that off the top of your head, then chances are it's probably going to be funny and memorable to other people. If it's not memorable, if it's not entertaining to you after you did it, then it's probably not going to be entertaining or memorable for people watching it an hour later once it uploads. So that's a little power tip to you guys who are trying to edit and determine whether your videos are worth keeping commentary-wise or not. Right. That's, that's a good tip. I agree. Yeah. But that's all I got as far as commentary stuff. Anything for you? Yeah. Um, you tend to, like you said, you tend to lean towards the educational thing. I think I definitely do lean, try to lean towards the entertaining, um, or not necessarily entertaining, but comedy I try to be funny. Um, and I think the the type of Let's Players and the type of videos that I watch most of the time... Um, well, I, I kind of watch a mix as far as videos in general, but when it comes to Let's Plays, I definitely try to watch the more comedic ones, personally. Yeah. People have their preferences when watching, and you got to keep that in mind. And it's okay to uh, knit yourself down. You know, It's perfectly fine to play to those strengths because there's an audience for that frankly. Yeah. Um, and you should, you know, work toward that audience again. Who are the people that are going to be watching this video? What is their intent? If you're known as an informative commentator and you try to do something funny and it doesn't work, chances are your audience is not going to react well to it. Sometimes it can work. And sometimes people can transition from different types of content series and variety channels essentially survive off that. Uh, but most people find their thing and they stick to it and they improve that and they play to their strengths. And that's why I'd recommend most of y'all to do. Right. Remember, when it comes to humor, it is subjective. So, like, what you yeah. find funny, not everybody's going to find funny, but that's okay. Because as long as you find it funny, somebody will find it funny, hopefully. Mm. That's that's the hope right there. Um, Maybe don't show your parents Let's Play Binding of Isaac Part 43 where you say the fuck word three times. Probably not. You know, yeah. maybe just... Just an idea. Maybe don't let your siblings find out about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Keep in mind. Hypothetically, you know. Yeah. Going out there. <laughs> 
hypotheticals. Yeah, but that's uh, that's all I got on commentary today. Same. I'm all commentary out, Aiden. <laughs> Let's just stop talking and end the episode. <laughs> Fuck the comments. <laughs> I don't care. Nah. I'm worn out. So, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, so... Let's get into the comments. Wow. You like that little segue where I said so and then I held for like five seconds? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... it's a little bit longer than you usually do, though, so I caught that. I was like, this is not exactly the same. This felt intentional. Yeah. <laughs> Make everything intentional. That's how. That's what I like to say. There you so, go. surprisingly... <laughs> See, that was more natural. Me. You got it. You got it right back. Ah! <laughs> surprisingly... <laughs> We actually ended up with uh, the same amount of comments, pretty much, because we got the we got the good boys. Uh, we we ended up with a episode. We ended up with a comment on episode twenty four during the episode that we're recording right now. So that's pretty astounding. Yeah. Um, Shout out to all you guys who commented so early. You get to be featured in the episode. Yes. If you comment later, sorry about that. Uh, we might get to it if we remember. Yeah. <laughs> Don't count on it. So uh, we got the new guy six two. Or or six so he says nay. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> thanks for watching, man. Six though leaves the best comments every time. That's great. I'm I'm gonna go <laughs> leave a heart on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave a heart there. Hell yeah, dude. He's a real one. That's hype. Um, I'll let you read the next one. <laughs> you read one. Of I'm them. gonna go with this comment by the Gengar guy who says, "A college and stuff. Let's hope these roommates are epic AF gamers." If they don't let you do YouTube, say Ramson will run up on your ass <laughs> and you'll shit yourself. <laughs> MP for checking out the Lions Hunter Gaming Channel. No nut for you. No nut for your week on YouTube. Sad face. One question in this segment comment. Do you like my new logo? I did a makey boy. We actually commented on it. Yeah, um, I think I said I liked it. I don't think it. during the recording, but oh. after or before, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I definitely like it, though. I did mention that it yeah, was Yeah, but a we new talked logo. about it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks it looked better. It looked better, honestly. I always thought your other one it didn't looks, really fit in that little circle format. It looks pretty aesthetic. T B H to be honest. H B H honest. <laughs> I'm surprised you remembered the whole thing. <laughs> that's pretty, I don't know if that's, that's correct, good. but I went with it. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for the comment though. And we, he was right. We did, I did get an Epic Gamer roommate, so he has no need to run up on people. There you go. <laughs> Doesn't have to get violent. <laughs> um, I want to go ahead and read this Calfro comment that we got an hour ago on episode 24 about collabs. He says, thanks for the shout out. We met on Boogie298's Twitch stream chat, Tilted Towers for the win. That's where we met. That's crazy. We met during a Twitch stream of Boogie's. Who is this? Calfro. Again? Calfro. Oh, right, right. That's yeah, that's insane. cool, actually. Also... Congrats on the fucking 1,000 subscribers, dude. That's crazy. Yay. That's uh, pretty ecstatic, man. Love to see people doing well. Hell yes. That's awesome. Let's get it. Yeah. We still have, we have a few uh, more comments here. I'll let you read the next one. I'll go another Gengar guy one. Right. Um, I'll leave the one where he talks about you to you when you read it, but I'll read this other one. Okay. He says... Freelancing is very tasty, especially if you're skilled in the department, I guess. Yes, big boy Nick, PC Bloodmaster, has started to head into freelancing using my top-notch price suggestions. <laughs> I do stuff for people for... I do stuff for people, but for free, which people hate me for, XD. 
because I don't think I'm personally good enough at design, which is why I do do for people. And I have for Clint for free because he's my best friend, so I can edit for him willingly. If I get my PC back up or save it for a new one, hopefully I can become a pretty epic designer and editor so I can make some thingy boys on the side. Thanks for saying I'm good. Don't have to lie like that. Winky face heart. Aw. Yeah, but you make good shit. You do. I've seen his layouts yeah. before in other people's videos. Did he make the logo too? Is that his? Or I think, think I think that's his maybe? logo, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It might be like a get Photoshop of stuff, but even still, like, still compositionally like, it fits. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well. Got so, good shit going. a lot of good stuff there. I think you should definitely not uh, undervalue yourself, and I'll... Uh, you're stealing another comment yeah, for later. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, <laughs> let Patient take that up. Um, I'll go ahead and read the next Gengar Guy comment since it mentions me, though. He says, Yeah, go ahead. Hey, Zach, I see the numbers. Love you, too. Smiley face. Thanks for liking my comments and stuff. This time I left four juicy comments, including the reply to Leah's epic and very aesthetic comment. Uh, past tense <laughs> of Zach is Zoch, I guess. Very unrelated, but doesn't matter. I, I don't know. Question of the day. Pretty sure you covered everything and stuff. Cheese strings are pretty ascetic, Lamal. Jesus, I typed that a second before you actually said cheese strings are ascetic. Now that's an epic family guy mo funny moment. Number 726.3 XD Lamal, Yenis, Sack with a big old motherfucking H. Winner comment to say the this least. This is uh this is a winner comment. This is winner winner chicken dinner right here. <laughs> I like that. I feel you. So that just leaves us with the uh, patience comment and the reply to it. I'll do patience and you can do the reply. Okay. Uh, she writes, one massive piece of advice I can think for when freelancing is don't undervalue yourself. Getting pricing right for any kind of freelance work is an issue. You see a lot of people undervaluing their own work rather than overvaluing. If you don't value your own work, how can you expect potential, geez, I can't even say it, potential clients to value your work too. Understand the field you're working in, understand the cost you incur while working, and understand what minimum wage in your area is. A huge hurdle people face is getting the pricing right. Understanding those three things will make calculating your own prices easier. Esketa. wonder if that Esketa yeah. is going to be a theme. Uh, I don't know. I have a feeling. Hmm. Uh, she keeps going. Also, don't quit your day job until you have a steady source of freelance income unless you're in your environment where you don't need a day job. That's true. A lot of people aren't in that position, but if you are, I mean, go for it, dude. Agree. Freaking go for it. Uh, continues another massive one is communication no matter how pissed off you get you'll always have to remain professional even if you're in the right people will spread shit about you to others if the communication goes sour always be polite but don't be a pushover assert yourself politely if someone is trying to get you to lower your prices I'd personally say that you should just stick to your guns there's other chances of work that don't involve devaluing your own and never ever work for exposure don't do it just don't and if possible make sure you watermark your work if you want to show your client the finished product but haven't reached payment yet show them the watermarked version not sure how this works with editing jobs, but for GFX or illustration, definitely watermark it. Let's get it. <laughs> and then to end up here. Also, fun fact about the Pokemon GFX community. A lot of them actually hate working in there. I don't know fully why, but I know they hate it. Lamau, let's get it. That's the fifth one. It's the fifth. Fourth? It's the fourth one. It's continuing. Uh, question of the day. My only issue with getting into freelancing is that for photography anyway, it's really hard to break into and get clients. Freelance photography requires a lot more resources and free time to get it. I agree with Gengar's previous suggestion for a bulk recording versus live recording episode. And then her last sentence, I guess the cheese string thing made it through. She says, cheese strings go fuck themselves. <laughs> it's legit plastic trying to disguise itself as cheese. And isn't very epic. H gamer is get it. <laughs> That's the whole comment. Cheese will be. So I would like to, I would like to point out before I comment on some of the actual stuff. 
in the uh, the the actual comment that I agree I agree with like everything in this comment. I do want to point out that both Aiden and I get a Twitter thing that's set from patient that says left you both with a pretty esketit surprise in my YouTube podcast comment. Hope you figure out what it is. <laughs> pretty obvious. It's, it's very obvious. It's it's pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we actually didn't cover the whole uh, exposure side of things. We did. That's a pitfall that we can yeah. fall into sometimes. There's a whole account dedicated to making fun of it. So <laughs> a popular one. Too. It's pretty good. Um, I see patient retweeting it a lot and responding to it on Twitter a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I agree. Don't don't work for exposure unless the the thing that this is working for free. You you shouldn't work for free unless you can get something outside okay. of it. Right. It depends on who it is, right? Like, if you were given a TV show on HBO tomorrow, but you had to do it for free, like, would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some sometimes the opportunity is more important than getting financially paid out of it. Agreed. So agreed. It depends. Or if you're like Gengar, you just do it for friends, and their friends' projects ended up showing off your work in more ways than one, and then you get a lot more eyes on you, basically. Yeah. Um, but you weren't expecting to get paid out of that scenario. Where the problem comes in is people who expect exposure as some form of payment mm-hmm. when they have to rely on money to pay bills. Agreed. Right. And that's, you very much cannot substitute that. If they're charging for a service, you pretty much have to either stick with that or find somebody else basically. Yeah. So. I look at, I look at freelancing. Um, I mean, it's, it's basically like a business and there's, there's two things you have to do, right? You have to do your, your freelancing client work, to make sure you're paying your bills and then you have to do your business development, your biz dev, which is trying to get more clients. And the way you do more clients is by doing free work. And that doesn't necessarily mean doing free work for other clients. That also means making YouTube videos, right? Like that's free work mm-hmm. that you're doing, you know, doing your own stuff is free work. Exactly. For exposure. Exactly. If you really think about it. Yeah. It's basically what it is. So, um, that is that is something that a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't quite understand. But I do agree, I do agree with a lot of this comment. Uh, don't undervalue yourself. That is a problem. A lot of people, uh, like Gengar guy, undervalues himself. They say I'm not good enough. But yeah, you. I mean, you, you obviously have a talent, and if you're if you're already doing something of some kind of creative thing for people. And they like it, and they're asking you to do it more than once, and that means you're talented at something. Mm-hmm. So you have some kind of value to yourself, and don't undervalue yourself. Yep. Um, uh, by the way, yeah. for video watermarks, an easy way to do it: get your uh, YouTube logo, put it at the bottom right or bottom left corner of the screen, and then go to whatever layer that is, basically, or wherever that is on the timeline. And find a way to turn down the opacity. For some programs, it's an effect. For others, it's like a slider. You turn the opacity down on that logo, and it basically acts as a watermark. Although some people will try to cut that off. So if you've ever watched Game Explained before, they literally have, like, their text is a watermark, but it literally, like, shifts, like, left to right. It's like a moving 
watermark. I don't know how they do it, but you don't see a lot of their stuff on other people's videos because of that. Yeah. That's that's how you do it. And watermarking photos is obviously a lot easier, but basically how you do it is just knowing how to, to control opacity and putting it on there. And I mean, if you're going to turn in a video for a client and they, or for a potential client and they need to look at a video beforehand and you're not under the assumption that you're going to get paid afterward or whatever, and you really need a watermark it, you could just put the logo right in the middle of the video and make the opacity down. That'd be fine too. Yep. Yeah. Um, as far as don't quit your day job until you have a steady source of free and freelance income, obviously make sure that you're able to sustain yourself, take risks, but don't, don't be stupid. Get a roommate, get a couple of roommates, put yourself in a position where you're going to be, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for photography stuff, um, go to your local businesses and stuff. Talk to local business owners, ask them if they need any help with their social media, um, email them, literally email every single local business in your, uh, in your area and see if they need any help with their social media and you might be able to get some freelance gigs out of it. Mm -hmm. That could help. Go ahead and check out that reply real quick and then we can end it off. Yeah. So Gengar says, uh, Gengar guy says H and from what I know about graphic effects, uh, big designers for PokeTubers mainly hate it because of toxic people begging for free work and because it's difficult to find a style without being an unepic copier Esketit H. And I do a great job of not undervaluing myself. Well, also good luck with the photography stuff. Forfeit our match heart. <laughs> so, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It's a good comment. It's pretty good. Yeah. So Thank you all for the comments, though. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the episode. If you liked it, as always, you know, subscribe to the channel. Check out the, the podcast on the other platforms if you're not big on the YouTube or if you're on the other platforms, you know, and you want to leave us comment, questions, suggestions for topics. That always helps. You can leave us an email over at ZackSnyderProductions at gmail.com. All the links are in all that kind of stuff are in the show notes, the descriptions. You can also sponsor the podcast um, on anchor.fm. Slash another dash YouTube dash podcast. Again, that's going to be in the show notes. And if you're on Anchor, it's easy to find that. And uh, shout out to Aaron from For the Love of Tech on YouTube for sponsoring the podcast. Yep. But uh, also be sure to continue to leave your suggestions for episodes. Yes, most definitely. Because we did it this time. So we can do it again soon. But I've been Zach. And I've been eight. And thank you for listening to this episode of another YouTube podcast. Bye. Bye.